Recorded in the comfy confines of the Auto Media Group Studios, we bring you the Get Deep Podcast, part of the Connect Podcast Network. Join friends and business owners Aaron Jones and Wes Otto as they bring forth stories of guests who are movers and shakers in their industries and beyond. Alrighty. Well. Ringer's off. Yeah. My ringer's always off. Man. That's very, it's a good move. Unless you want to take the rare. call on the podcast. Yeah, no, I'm good on That's that. That's a risk. I, I, but need to, I just yeah. uh, always have mine on vibrate, and I just tell people to. You like the vibration. Exactly. Like to keep messaging me, and I have this special pocket <laughs> made for my tailors in the front. It works out well. I thought it was in the back. I got a good life. Well, well so you pull it out of the it back. Depends Both. On the day. You just have, it depends on the options. day. You just got a tailbone pocket. Yeah, that's what yeah. it's called. You got to have options. Hey, don't knock it till you try it, Wes. We'll get you a special I'm pocket okay. back. Try everything day. once, man. Try yeah. everything once. <laughs> well, uh, cheers to you boys tonight. Yeah, cheers. Wesley fellas. Warner Auto and uh, Dan White. Danny Danny White, as I call you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what You got a middle name, Danny? Uh, Gregory, my father's name. Gregory. Yep. I don't think I ever knew that in all these and years you know. I've known you. Danny. DGW. DGW. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, cheers, man. Yeah, cheers, uh, guys. You know, so happy you uh, made it on the podcast tonight. Yeah. Um, I've known Danny White uh, for many years, actually. Um, he graduated from Mankato West in 2000, yep. um, along with my good brother. Um, well, both my brothers are good, but uh, Andy, <laughs> my older brother, is four years older. And uh, so I've known you for, for many years. I don't exactly yeah. remember when we first made, um, you know, the acquaintance or yeah, I don't had the magic sparks. I felt like it was maybe in college, coming back from college or something, but sure. Yeah. I, my, uh, some of my earliest memories with, with Danny White are when he had a house down on Center Street. Yeah. Um, and my brother and I had a house on 343 Tyler Avenue in Lono, yep. shout out. To Lower North, Lower North Mankato, and we would throw some uh, summer bashes called yeah. Just Jones and Parties. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we'd invite a bunch of good people. Danny and his band would show up. Uh, we invited you guys to play, and you you absolutely said yes, which was cool. And we set you guys up in our backyard and mm-hmm. had the cops come by a couple times, tell us we had to make sure we shut it down by a reasonable hour. But we the, were reasonable. But the music sounded good, they said. Yeah, well, hey, <laughs> so that was cool. you know, that's the main thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, lots of good times, backyard parties. Yeah, Center yeah. Street. Uh, you ever miss those uh, those days down in Lono? Yeah, we yeah, we were just actually talking about it. Um, we were down at Blues this last weekend, Blues on Belgrade. And, you know, for that stuff down there, it's just super handy when you're a couple blocks away, you know, below the hill. Uh, great family starter home area. You know, we, we just outgrew it with with having um luana our youngest um so just we needed more space for sure a little bit more privacy where we're at now um up on top of the hill but yeah we, we do miss parts of it you know it's, it's just a cool old school neighborhood right you got the alleyways and the, the actual blocks you know not just like cul-de-sacs and kind of meandering roads that you see in newer developments but um no it's it definitely served us and our family very well um you know it just to be able to buy a house, you know, at, at, at those times for a reasonable price, you know, now it's just crazy what what has happened. It's, and it's understandable, right? But, um, you know, it's, and I think even going back to when those were first built around World War II and, and uh, you know, families were booming back then as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool neighborhood. You know, they've done a lot. I think they'll be, continue to be, you know, development, just activity down in Belgrade. I think that group down there, you know, business on Belgrade's been great. Um, you know, Jenny's been awesome. We play down there sometimes too. Actually, we were playing this weekend, which 
probably not when this airs, but uh, Ribfest weekend this weekend. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's a good spot, but we didn't go too far. We're just up the hill. Right. Um, well, it's nostalgic. You know, like, obviously, I spent seven years down there, but yeah. you're right. The houses, they're close together. They're small family houses, so it has yeah. a, a small family vibe down there, which I think kind of just evokes a fun environment and all the parks that are surrounded and stuff. So I really loved living in Lone North Mankato. I, I definitely appreciated the times and, and whatnot down there with my bro and, yep. and making memories, but let's talk about, uh, let's talk about your family today. So, yeah. um, you've got, uh, three kids. Yep. You want to kind of name, name off them and the ages and then, uh, maybe talk about your wife a little bit. Yeah. Who she is, what she does. Yeah, for sure. So, um, Three kids. My son Braden is twenty. Um, he is uh, not so little anymore. Uh, <laughs> six, fi- six foot five, and just you know, he's, he's a man. So it's uh, been co- really cool to see him grow up. Uh, Kalea um, is six; just turned six in June. And then Luana is three, so same age as your little guy. Yep. In uh, daycare together. So um, yeah, the kiddos are they're they're great. We just actually got done with swimming lessons a few minutes before hopping over here. So for you, right? yeah, for, yeah, right. I could <laughs> use it actually. Enough. Like <laughs> I've, I've thought of that. Like, you know, I've always had a, a desire, pass, passion to learn how to surf in the ocean. We wake surf here in the lakes, but, um, uh, obviously swimming is a really big part of that. So, uh, but no, the girls had each had their lessons tonight. So nice. I what probably could, I probably could get some adult lessons at some point <laughs> and work on my Still form. So I could, I, yeah, you. yeah. You know, whatever it takes to move through the water. Right. <laughs> yeah. What was the inspiration for the the names for the kiddos? They seemed a little more unique. Yeah, the, so the they're yeah, uh, they're Hawaiian names. Um, we're not Hawaiian, so I, I do honestly feel a little bit weird about that because I, I I think sometimes that culture is pretty tight knit, you know. Um, but we uh, did our honeymoon on on Kauai, and um, you know, as I said, I was surfing. I've always I kind of feel like I was born in the wrong state, to be honest. Um, I've always just loved being by the ocean by the water. I've always loved surfing. Um, and, and we just loved Hawaii. So, you know, just other than, I mean, obviously you can use family history. Um, and we did tie some family stuff into their names as well, but, um, you know, Kalea being the first, her name means joy and Luana's name actually means that too. So, um, Kalea, you know, certainly just has kind of exuded that her, her name through life. And, um, you know, it was an interesting road when she was born, um, a little bit early and we spent some time in Rochester, um, but no, yeah, it was, we just want something a little bit, some meaning behind it. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, yeah, they, it's from the Hawaiian culture and, um, yeah, we, we, we love them. So we love them and their names. You know? <laughs> I hope you yeah. love them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're our kids. You know? <laughs> Did you live in Hawaii at one point or spend time in Hawaii? Uh, yeah. So the first time, um, was actually in high school. Um, so I was in Lancers all through high school, actually a big reason why I moved to Mankato. Uh, in addition to uh, living with my dad. Um, but uh, yeah, I was, I, I really came here uh, in part to be in the Lancers marching band. And our last, my last year, senior year, we went to Honolulu and got to march in the, um, uh, what was it? The International Lions Parade. Um, so uh, yeah, we were marching down Waikiki and stayed at one of the universities and uh, University of Hawaii at Manoa. And, uh, that was certainly like, was that first moment of like, oh my gosh, this place is crazy cool. It's just yeah. beautiful. And it, you know, Honolulu's, um, you know, it's, it's really commercialized. Uh, I don't know if you guys have spent any time there, but, um, you know, it's, it's definitely beautiful. You got Diamond Head. We, we climbed that one day. Um, we went up to the North Shore, Waimea Bay. We got to jump off the big rock in Waimea. And 
Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I was kind of thinking about that today. Um, you know, it, it's, it probably sounds really weird to most that we're never a part of that group or something like it, but it was really kind of the first feeling I ever had of like, kind of felt like a rock star. And, you know, so every summer we would just practice our asses off and play, you know, and just, it was a really tight knit group back then. It was like 200 members, especially the, the Hawaii year was like over 200, go figure. Um, but it was, it was a big group of people. I was in drumline. Um, and we really kind of played year round for drumline and, um, you'd go to these, you know, obviously Hawaii, but other places too, every summer we took a trip. So you'd load up on tour buses and you'd be gone for an entire week and go out East to Boston or go out West to Salt Lake city. And you'd be playing in these parades and like these people would just be going crazy, you know, and here we are, these high school kids just playing music together and, you know, you had flags and rifles and all the things. And, um, it was really, yeah, kind of that first feeling of like, oh my gosh, this is, this is pretty cool, you know? And, um, music's been a part of my life, my whole life really. And, um, that was really kind of that first flavor of like, you know, like I said, you kind of feel like a, a rock star, believe it or not. And it, it like, it's kind of weird to even say that. Cause like I said, if you haven't kind of been in there, like <laughs> yeah. you, you band geeks, man, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Rock star, you know, you're, you're playing a drum walking down the street, <laughs> but it's, it's hard to explain, man. You, you know, you show up in these towns and people have never seen anything like you and, um, you know, on the parade route. And so, yeah, I learned a lot. Uh, a lot of really good memories with that group uh, here in Mankato. This Hawaii trip is the first time I've ever regretted not being in band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not knocking band because I think that it's it's awesome to have uh, a talent that's outside of athletics. I think our culture always pushes, you know, go mm-hmm. for sports, go for sports. I was big into yeah. speech. Yeah. So, you know, fine arts. I think that that's go fantastic. Figure. Here we are. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're talking. Right. But no, but I, I just think that that's uh, really cool. I tried to learn guitar and I know that it's not like crazy hard but for whatever reason when i was learning i was struggling i yeah. just was not very good at it same and the whole reason yeah. why i got into it was school of rock oh yeah oh yeah. yeah jack black I was like yeah that's so cool yeah. i like that i'm gonna i'm gonna learn and my my instructor looked at me and said wes it's not rocket science <laughs> one day and I, I think i'm done with lessons at this yeah. point because he was right i was just struggling did you ever try and learn an instrument? i did try to learn it because and I'll, I'll talk about this in a little bit but um, my dad played a yeah, lot. And sure. so I was like, I should learn how to play guitar. Yeah. And, and so um, I actually had an old um, associate who worked for Jay Long's way back in the day. Uh, she was super cool, super kind. And, and she knew that I wanted to learn, but I, I just hadn't pushed myself far enough to, to do it. So she went and bought me lessons at one of the local shops. I think it was Rhapsody. Yeah. Um, I took yeah, lessons I was, there. Yeah, Rhapsody. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she bought the lessons for me and basically was like, they're paid for. Like if you don't you go, gotta go. You're, you're kind of an asshole <laughs> you know, in a loving way. Yeah. So then I went and took the lessons and I would practice. I'd like go to the park that I closest park I lived and I'd strum and stuff. It just, it takes time just like anything. Right. It takes building up calluses on your fingers oh, yeah. and dexterity oh, and yeah. trying to figure, I mean, you know, Yeah. and I just, I don't consider myself a musically talented person. I never, I never really did. Um, tried trumpet in like sixth grade. Uh, not only did I annoy the shit out of my parents, but uh, I just, it never really caught on yeah. for me. I, and then athletics was always kind of the thing that I, I, I felt like it was a little more sexy. So I, I went towards that. There you go. <laughs> but now when I How see are you, musicians. you're sexy, man. This is just, you know, everybody's thing, got though, their way to get their sexy. There's nothing more sexy than a guy playing guitar. <laughs> naked. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. Depends I don't, on I don't, the setting. I don't think I've tried that. Now I, now oh, I know something so to try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's hilarious. <laughs> so let's uh, let's jump back a little bit though. Yeah. So Lancers brought you to Mankato. Yeah, I didn't know it was a big that. part of it. Yeah, and, and my dad. You know, it's yeah. um, so my parents are divorced. Uh, been divorced since I was about two years old, um, and through that time, I lived with my mom, and my sister, growing up. And uh, you know, my mom she was a single mom for quite a while. Got remarried in like '89 um, to my stepdad Russ, and he had two. He has two kids, Eric and Sarah, and I have a sister Patty. It's a little bit older than me. Um, so, uh, you know, and I always, as a, you know, as a son, I always want to live with my father, um, and just spend that time with him, you know, so that was a big part of it. Education as well. So I was, I was at, uh, I went to St. Mary's in Sleepy Eye, uh, for middle school and just, you know, I was really into the arts in general, like just drawing and stuff like that. And, um, just didn't have the ability to take classes like that at that school. So there's kind of a lot of things that went into it. Um, you know, it was a big decision looking back. Um, you know, my mom is amazing. She, like I said, single mother, uh, finished college with us kids. Um, honestly, just a huge role model in my life. And I know it was really hard on her. Um, and she's, she handled it with a lot of grace, you know, just to have her kids kind of up and leave and divorce is hard, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, the whole custody thing. And it's, it's hard on everybody, the kids, especially, you know, so, um, it's, it's, it's nice to look back now. We're, we're in a very good space, you know, and, um, and I'm really thankful for what I learned and what I've, what I had for opportunity here in Mankato. And she's been great about that too. Like, you know, you would have never had the opportunities that you got if you would, if you would have stayed, you know? So, um, it's interesting how time heals and you, you move on and the things you learn through, through life and things you learn from your parents. Um, so yeah, just super thankful for all of it. What would you say is the, you know, being a father now, you, you said Braden is 20, 20, 20. Yeah. Okay. Braden's 20 yeah. uh, from a previous. Yeah. And then you got Kalea and you've got uh, Lulu, Luana. Yeah. Color Lulu. Lulu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. in my son Remy's class, which yeah, is super a, cute. Yeah. Um, but it, it's interesting being a parent, right? And then, you know, you have the memories from when you were a child and then going yeah. through the divorce and all those things. Right. And then thinking about it now with your experience, like what's the number one thing or lesson that you've learned um mm. you when you wake up and you're like man that makes sense yeah or like they 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 told me that and now it makes sense you <laughs> do you understand what i'm saying yeah so when your parents said you understand when you have yeah, kids and you're yeah. like and you want to be like there's fuck, yeah, fuck you. yeah you know? there's, there's a few of those right i mean um gosh i don't know if i can narrow it down to one um that's a that's a big question man i mean it's there's i guess so many things that you learn looking back um from your parents i think you know, one is just kind of taking the high road, especially with, you know, that, that scenario or, or, you know, the kind of situation that I grew up in, um, with divorce, you know, and, um, it's tough, right? There's so much emotion, right? The kids are involved. Um, obviously some things didn't go well, you know, so, uh, that was a really big takeaway. Um, you know, I think one of the harder things for me with, with the situation, you know, in in just the relationship with Brayden was, it was really the, you know, being a kid of divorce is the last thing I ever wanted to put anybody through, you know, and, and I think it, it, I honestly kind of still struggle with that, right? Because I never wanted to put anybody through what I went through with going back and forth between parents on the weekends and, you know, only seeing my dad every other weekend, if that, you know, and just the distance and, um, you know, and that's, that was a big reason why I came back to Mankato, you know, so um, you, you live and you learn and, and what you go through, what we go through in life, hopefully teaches us a few things. Um, although it, it wasn't the ideal situation, you know, to not be married and, and, you know, be with, be with his mom. And, 
Um, you know, she's, she's a great mom. She did a lot of great things, you know, with him and her family, especially were super supportive, uh, especially in his younger years when we didn't have anything, you know? Um, but you know, the, the next best thing was to be close to him. Right. And so, uh, it was a good kick in the ass to finish college, <laughs> finish my undergrad and he was born my junior year. Um, and, uh, ultimately came back and just started working here full time. That's when I started at Shields. Um, you know, so just, it was really nice to be here and, um, you know, we, we split our time and, uh, got, got to thankfully spend a good amount of time with him compared to, you know, honestly, a lot of fathers don't have that ability or don't have that opportunity. Um, and sometimes mothers too, right. It's, it's not just, you know, one sex over the other, but it, I would say it, it's from my experience and, and the people I know, it, it's definitely more common that the children typically go with, you know, their mother and, and the fathers are, are typically kind of fighting for time, you know, and some of that's legalities or whatever else everybody has their own situation but um you know at the end of the day now I can look back and as again time heals and um you know kind of appreciate some of the things that happened and what we worked through and uh more so where we are today you know uh he just swung by the house later tonight to pick up some stuff for we fest you know he's heading up there and uh we go out surfing quite a bit and wake surfing um so yeah it's all it's all good stuff in the moment it can be pretty tough you know and um, I think going through that, some of the stuff that I went through, um, whatever I can do to help other people that are maybe in that situation or something similar, uh, I certainly will, you know, just whatever you can do to kind of give back. Right. And, um, you know, so I've, I've certainly shared some information and in, in books and things that helped me along the way, um, you know, to kind of help the next people out. So. Amen, brother. Yeah. Yeah, it's always tough when you're you're kind of a kid yourself, right? Yeah. And you're you're trying to take care of another human being, whether it's a parent, a child, whatever it might be. It's just crazy because I, I think back to how irresponsible I could be on any given week when I was a, a college kid, for example. Yeah. And, and just the idea of that responsibility is, it's heavy. And so I think, uh, you know, being present is probably the best that anyone can do. And and it sounds like you did a lot more than that. It, it, you know, I hope, I mean, there's, I look back, I I made a lot of mistakes, right? We we all do. We're human. Um, you know, I certainly would turn back time in in certain scenarios and, and, you know, approach things a little differently. Um, but again, you, you live and you learn. Um, it's, it's kind of crazy to think like, you know, our parents, my parents, I mean, they, they started families so young back in their generation. I mean, for us, things change, you know, a lot of people went to college and, you know, having a kid at 21 was, a little, a little crazy, right? You just turn 21, can legally go to the bars and, um, you know, now, now you you have a human that you're responsible for. Um, so yeah, it, it, it definitely was heavy. Um, you know, I definitely could have done things differently and better at times. Um, you know, but you just, you try your best and keep moving forward. So you had Braden, uh, your 20 year old, um, yeah. junior year yeah. as you were studying for architecture yep. uh, at the U of M, correct? Correct. What was that program like at the U? How'd you like the U? Uh, you know, so I love the U. Um, it, it, when I graduated, I didn't love the U. Um, you know, so I, I did my undergrad in architecture, and kind of what led me to that was, um, you know, my dad was in construction here. He worked for various companies kind of around the area. Um, you know, like like I said earlier, music has always been a part of my life, a big big part of my life. And, um, you know, it's kind of those things like, well, how, you know, are you going to go to college and be a musician? Like, how are you going to make any money? How's that going to, how are you going to, you know, be able to live, whatever, starving artist thing, you know, so I didn't really think that was a viable degree. Um, now I've got some people around me that are doing that full time that I'm like, man, you know, not easy, 
but they're making a go of it. There's some local people too that are doing very well. Um, but nonetheless, uh, it was, it was kind of architecture came through because of my dad's construction experience. Um, and you know, kind of my love for the arts and how can I have, you know, kind of combine the two, have some creativity, um, the built environment. Um, you know, so I worked construction, swung a hammer, um, over the summers and, you know, really wanted to work with my hands to kind of truly learn how things are built. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what led me to that. Um, honestly, didn't really shop around per se. It's not like I did a bunch of college tours. Um, you know, my sister was up at the U, my stepbrother was at the U, my stepsister was going to the U, my aunt was up there doing dental school. Like we had the whole family. We, should, I mean, we, my grandpa used to joke, he's like, we should have bought a house like long ago <laughs> with all the room and board and apartments. That, that would have been interesting having four siblings <laughs> in a college house together. I, I heard it probably been some stories there. Uh, but, um, yeah, so it, it was, I mean, it was good. I, I will, I will say I, I really didn't fully apply myself, you know, um, I kind of joke sometimes that college was an expensive party, which, mm-hmm. uh, which it, it, it was at times, but I did, I did learn a lot at the same point with whether that was academically. Um, you know, I think I honestly kind of discredit, I, I discredited, I should say I, I've, as of late, I've, I've respected it more probably because of what I'm doing now uh, that I'm, that I'm really, I've been in that realm now for the last, I don't know what, 12, 13 years, but, um, you know, I was like, oh, this, the, this degree doesn't really mean much, you know? And, was talking to a coworker a couple years ago. He's like, no, just, you know, think about who else here in our company has a degree and you have a degree in architecture. So I think it's, you know, more than just a piece of paper. It's, it, it's that follow through. It's that finishing something that you start, you know, um, like I said, Braden was a big push, good kick in the ass to, to get through and finish, you know, in four years, which, um, yeah, I, I'm proud of that too. Right. Like it's, you know, a lot of things with degrees nowadays, if you change your mind or whatever, it's really tough to get done in four years. Some people do it in three. Um, but it's, it's pretty common that it's going into, into kind of five years these days. So, um, you know, I am proud of that. I learned a lot. Um, you know, it's funny. I just reconnected with an old classmate yesterday up in St. Paul for an event and, um, we're working on just kind of getting back together, you know, and just like trying to get the class together. Cause we were Oh four. So it was like right before Facebook hit and social media. And mm-hmm. so we don't have like that, you know, that social network and we didn't have that social media to keep us connected. Um, so yeah, getting reengaged up there. Um, so I'm, I, yeah, I'm feeling better about it now, but for quite a while, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know what, what did I just pay for? You know? And, um, I met with firms back here and, and that was kind of part of it. Um, just it they're, it, they're really good on theory and thinking about design and concept, but it wasn't really the hands-on like, you know, back then AutoCAD now Revit, uh, software programs, you know, for designing, um, a couple of us took those classes above and beyond, you know, but it really wasn't a requirement. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's again, you know, live and learn and um, kind of all part of the process. But now looking back, it's I'm, I'm grateful for it. It's nice to have those loans long paid off too, right? <laughs> I bet. Yeah, 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 yeah bet. you know. <laughs> well, so you're in the thick of it. You're, you're pursuing the degree, maybe even just finished it. Uh, did you think that you were going to apply the degree? Did you have your sights set on actually becoming an architect? Uh, I would say not really a fully licensed architect, really, you know, because... Um, <clears throat> It's kind of, I don't know, and no offense to like doctors, lawyers, um, but I would I would say it's somewhat similar to that, right? Where it's like you, you go to school and the U of M is their program is you have four years undergrad, two year master's program. Other schools like NDSU, Iowa State, it's like they have a five year professional degree. So again, if I would have shopped around, I probably would, you know, save some time and money if I wanted to go down that path. Um, yeah, certainly when I started, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be an architect. And then 
life happened and I, and I needed to be back here with Braden and family. And, um, and at that point I was, I was kind of good with it. You know, I wanted to work in a firm, um, but didn't really have that, you know, technical skills that I needed to really be useful to a firm. Right. So, um, that ended up not working out right away. Um, and you know, like I said before, I, I worked for Shields for five years, which I learned a ton, you know, great privately held company, learned a lot about customer service and sales and just taking care of people and had a lot of fun, you know, did started in camping and then went to water ski and wakeboard and snowboard and kind of all that other fun stuff that I like to do. Um, so yeah, learned a lot, um, in those years, but yeah, it just, it never really was like, Hey, I want to do that and, you know, work under somebody else and take the, all the, all the tests to get licensed. Um, you know, truly that the, the passion to go down that path really wasn't there. I love design. Um, you know, I, I love everything about that, but I just wasn't, I, I didn't really have that itch to like, Oh yeah, I need to be a licensed architect. Let's jump to Shields for a second because yeah. obviously myself being in retail, right? Yeah. I mean, and we had Brandon Shield on uh, on the podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm not exactly sure which number, but if you scroll through the list, you'll be able to find him. But what a crazy story, right? This 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 small little hardware store mm-hmm. and uh, Sabin, I believe it was, right? Yeah, I think so. Sabin, Sabin or Sabine? I don't know how they pronounce yeah, it, but yeah, Minnesota. You know, um, just 1902. The whole, yeah, the whole story. Yeah. Potato planted some potatoes, made the cat. You know. I mean, it's such a great episode. People should listen to that. But how was people that have no idea are like potatoes, (laughs) potatoes, appliances, yeah, all the things. And and I honestly walked in there. I walked in there uh, earlier this morning. Actually, I needed. I left my uh, fifty-two wedge, fifty-two degree wedge on a golf course recently, so I had to go and buy a new one today. So I did that. Um, But I walked in, and I'm always shocked at the product mix that they have now, which is mm-hmm. everything there. I mean, they're getting into so many different categories and the place is just booming, but your experience five years there, what, yeah. what year to what year were you there? Uh, Oh four. Yeah. Oh four to Oh nine. Okay. So 2004 to 2009. Um, what, what was life like at Shields in 2004 to 2009? Yeah. So I, you know, uh, great question, man. Um, this is fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> Memory Lane. <laughs> um, well, I met my wife there, He's so like, I'm going to start. I'm gonna start yeah, I'm going to start with that one. I met Alicia there, which is awesome. Um, but no, 04, we, so we were still in the old store, which now is currently Barnes & Noble. So I got to be a part of that whole transition of the old the old store, but it wasn't the old, old store like Madison East. And actually, my stepdad worked at Madison East, which is funny. Um, but yeah, so I got, I got to be a part of that transition, which was super cool. Um I actually got to help build the tree that used to be in the middle and, and really? actually Braden, I got to sign Braden's name on one of the leaves. I helped the team from, I think they're from California or something that came in to do that. Um, all sorts of fun stuff, just set up fixtures. And, um, because of that, I was able to go out to Reno sparks and, and help set up that store, um, before I had left. But, um, yeah, that was a big transition. I mean, that was like, you know, um, a pretty small store to, I don't remember the exact, I think it's about 120,000 square feet total now. I don't know what it was before that, but, um, just great privately held company. I mean, they're ESOP. So did they have the ESOP when you were they there. They did. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was, I was fully vested. Uh, I wasn't anything major. Um, I know the folks that are still there that I worked with, um, I think they're going to be there. They are and, and will continue to do very well. Um, it's, it's been so impressive when, you see so much retail shutting down, right? And um, you know, a lot of people aren't making it and they're expanding and growing and building just massive stores. And, you know, people see that and it's like, 
everybody's gonna have a different opinion, right? Um, being there, I have nothing but great things to say about that company. Uh, I learned a ton there. Um, there, you know, I think it's the customer service, right? The, the training was, I would say kind of second to none. We would go to Sioux Falls for, uh, universities they were called, right? So we'd have like the bike university and the camping university. And, um, we even had a camping one in, uh, Lanesboro one year where we kayaked and camped out overnight. And so they really, they really do a great job of getting their employees into their product and into their specialty and, um, really just teaching and training, you know, and that's, that's thousands of dollars to send people from all over. And I, I haven't kept up with where these universities are now and how, with how spread out, all of their stores are and, and, and because they were always in Sioux Falls, which is pretty centrally located for the majority of the stores at that time. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been cool to see their growth in, in throughout the U S and, uh, I've got some good friends that are still there. Um, Wade Fisher that, you know, was on this morning. Yeah, it is nice. Yeah. He's been there. He started a little bit before I did. Um, and we still, you know, go out surfing together and snowboard and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to see, what they've done, but I think it's, I think that ESOP thing is huge, um, you know, just for their employees. And I think just that whole, um, training and customer service is, is really, really top notch. And that's why they are as successful as they are. They really invest in their people. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I kind of assumed a lot of the things you said about who they are and what they are. Just, you know, obviously uh, having Brandon on the podcast, he explained yeah. a lot of their process and whatnot too, but you feel a certain vibe when you walk into Shields, you know, and, and, and obviously being a retailer with Jay Long's is always a vibe that we want people to feel. And I call it an experience, yeah. you know, not a customer service, but an, a customer experience right. when you walk in and that's important. And there really is not that many places left in my opinion in this area, but just in general that provides such a top notch customer experience. And I know Shields is one of them. Yeah. Um, and so that's awesome. And I'm, I'm glad you had that experience there because yeah. of what you said and, and why re- employee retention is so huge there and why they can keep people around is, is what I was thinking too. So you kind of confirmed that. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, you're, you're right on with that whole experience thing. Um, you know, Mankato doesn't have it, but when we were out in Reno Sparks, it was aquarium arches in the entryways that you walk under and, um, you know, some of the stores have Ferris wheels and like, it's just, you know, it, it truly is like this experience yeah. you walk in. It's not, it's not just a store, right? I mean, it, they just, there's all sorts of other stuff to, to see and experience. So, um, yeah, I learned a lot there and, and super grateful for it. You know, I, my parents, um, my mom and stepdad owned a hardware store and sleep out for 27 years. So I grew up with retail and, um, now I'm sure that's probably part of that, you know, bug, if you will, or where some of that stuff started. Um, like I said, my stepdad, Russ, he worked at Shields back in the seventies before he went to Airways in uh, St. Peter and, um, you know, just kind of funny looking back, just kind of some of those, those strands that tie things together, like, you know, the similarities, but, um, yeah, it's just cool to see the success and, and just that, you know, the investment over time and, and where they are today versus, you know, where they were back in the seventies, back in the nineties. Yeah. So you said you met your wife there. Yeah. Yeah. I met Alicia like there. We got to We got to yeah. talk about that hey. a little more. Yeah, for sure. Um, which, yeah. Which section, which <laughs> department? Well, that's a good question. I don't, I don't, yeah, no, that's no, Aaron. Aaron just goes there, man. I love it. Uh, no, there was no hanky panky at the store. Sorry to disappoint. Um, maybe some others. I don't know. Can't speak to that. But um, yeah, so Alicia came here for college. Um, she's from Rapid City. So grew up in the Black Hills. And just, she kind of wanted to get away. I think it was between here and Montana. Um, thankfully, Minnesota won out. Um, 
so she came in and walked onto the basketball team at MSU, actually a really good basketball player in high school. And, uh, just decided with college, she was, was good on, you know, the college sports thing. So, um, ended up not continuing that, but, um, yeah, she was working part time and, um, you know, it was just, it was kind of funny. She was kind of the untouchable, right? Like I remember talking to some other guys are like, I don't, she, she won't go on a date with me or she, you know, whatever. And I was like, all right, well, let's, challenge let's, accepted. yeah, challenge accepted. Let's game on. Right. So uh, I feel like a guitar story. It's coming. I don't think I've ever guitar. like that's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I haven't done that. I don't think I've ever now. played guitar. Never naked. a date night. Yeah, for never, Alicia. No, now. Sorry, Alicia. <laughs> so, you and my woman. Yeah, and I knew how to play guitar. <laughs> Poor the na- Molly, the naked cowboy, NYC. Right. <laughs> yeah. He still has underwear on though. But um, yeah, that's right. Yes, I. You know, it's kind of funny looking back, but it was it was like around Thanksgiving time or something, and um, her parents came to make Cato and so I have, I have a loud voice, right? Like, I don't know, whatever. And so I got a pretty loud laugh. And so her parents are in the store and I, I guess I was laughing or something. And Alicia and her sister, Amber looked at each other and, and her mom still jokes about this this day. She's like, we knew right away that was you. Cause the way that, that those two looked at each other. And so <laughs> the first time I met her parents, it was, was in shields at, when I'm at work, you know, my tie on my old blue shirt, which thank God they, they got rid of that dress code, but <laughs> I think it have beards now too, which is great. But, um, <laughs> they you come up to me and I'm like, hi, I'm Dan. I work here. <laughs> <laughs> I work here. Great intro. Love that. Name take tie. I don't think <laughs> so. they would have figured it out if I wouldn't have told them. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, no I had way. to just say, hey, just want to clear the air that I, I work here. <laughs> Talk about just totally food bar in a situation, but <laughs> Yeah, so we, uh, yeah, I guess kind of the rest is history. We, did, gosh, that was what two thousand five. We the story, and she was apparently the untouchable. How did you convince? I don't to... know, man. It might have been the guitar. <laughs> that was back in the sugar room days when we first Definitely started playing helps. open mics and stuff. So, I don't know. She had a nickname for me too that she shared with her girlfriends. So, uh, there was obviously some mutual attraction there. And. Well, well, my nickname. My nickname. You brought it up. Yeah, we gotta ask. This is the get deep probably, podcast. Yeah, we're Dan. gonna get deep. Yeah, shit. I'm shit. Gonna, yeah. Uh, so apparently, she told her friends I was hot, Dan. That was that oh, was my nickname. That's not that bad. Okay. Hot Dan. Yeah, well, I thought yeah. it was gonna do something to do with the Schwanz. Yeah, Mr. Schwanz. No, nothing like that yet. No, no. Okay. But yeah, okay. so it's it's funny. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, we've been together ever since then. We just celebrated ten years, uh, our anniversary in July. Congratulations. So, yeah, thanks. Jinx. Yeah, Jinx, yeah. No thanks. Yeah, we got uh, married out at Sylvan Lake um, in the Black Hills, Custer State Park. Place looks beautiful, by the yeah. way. Yeah. other weddings, like, post pictures from Sylvan Lake. It looks fucking yeah. amazing. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it's it beautiful, amazing. man. So, the, kind of a cool story about that. So, we, um, you know, it's it kind of the point where I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm going to marry Alicia. Like, this is pretty serious, and, and we were out there for a family trip, and um, so we went out to hike uh, Harney Peak, which I think now is Black Elk. So I apologize if I'm using the old terminology. Um, but uh, so we went out to hike and I think it was like they had like a tour bus of a wedding party out there. And I was like, yeah, like this is the place. Like this is where I want to get married. And I think it was probably like, I don't know, a couple of few years after that, that yeah, sure, shit. That's where we ended up having our ceremony right on the shore of, Sylvan Lake, um, beautiful, beautiful place. Um, yeah, super cool. We love the Black Hills. It's, we, we try and get out there, you know, a couple few times a year. Um, it's a little bit of a drive, especially with the younger kiddos, but, uh, 
certainly worth it obviously for the for the family the main part but to get up we always try and get up in the hills at least for a little bit at some point while we're out so um yeah all good stuff sylvan lake man it's a good spot highly recommend solid spot there's like rock formations around the lake and stuff around that area where people get married right yeah yeah so it's it's um i I probably should know more about this but i'm like i don't know 99 sure it's man-made it's not like a a natural lake i think the one is like all dammed up and you can do hikes around that um black elk i I forget the actual height of it but it's it's the tallest point from the pyrenees mountains in europe to the rocky mountains in in the world or you know u.s whatever so uh you're up there say that again what do you I missed a step there. Sorry. Yeah. I, sometimes I talk fast. No. So it is the tallest uh, peak okay. from the Pyrenees mountains to the Rocky mountains. Okay. So like basically, you know, Eastern uh, U.S. Um, yeah. Nothing's nothing as tall as, as that. So it's, it's a hike. I was, so funny, funny story. I don't know. It's funny. Um, so Braden, one year we went up there and hiked it. He, he was sick and like flu sick, like throwing up. And we're like, what are, what are we going to do? And he was just like, I want, I want to go like, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to, let's, let's go. So he wants to hike. Yeah, no, he was, I mean, I think I forget he threw up that morning at the house and like maybe on the way out I'm like, man, he's you know going to be dehydrated. And so we just like brought a bunch of fluids and we had packed lunches and stuff. And I mean, he was like, he was even sick on the hike and he hiked the entire thing. And then I, I carried him a little bit here and there. Um, gosh, what was he like seven or eight or something back then? Tough kid. But yeah, I was like, oh my gosh. And then like the minute we got in the car, he was like out cold and slept the whole night. But, um, yeah, super proud of him. Uh, at that moment, it was just like, wow. Okay. He, he really wanted to see that the top of the peak. So yeah, it's, it's a cool spot. If uh, I highly recommend anybody, uh, to check it out. There's, there's a lot of cool places out there in the Hills. Um, Pactola, another reservoir, um, super cold, super deep. Um, that's a cool spot. Um, needles highway, mm-hmm. um, Beautiful. cathedral spears, like there's or spires. Um, yeah, there's just, there's some cool spots. I mean, it's, it's kind of, I don't know. I know other people have kind of dubbed it this, but like a, a little mini Colorado kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, you don't have the, the elevation like you have out in Colorado, but a lot of the, you know, similar rock formations and trees and stuff like that. So obviously Mount Rushmore is cool, you know? Well, even Rapid City too. Yeah. It's delicious from Rapid City. Yep. I, it one, some of my earliest memories when, memories when Molly and I started dating, we took a trip out there and we stayed in Rapid City. Rapid, Rapid is cool. Like, it's a cool spot. And yeah. uh, we stayed at this this hotel called the Alex Johnson. Oh, yeah. It's an old, like, hotel. Yeah, it's haunted, it's, right? It is haunted, yeah. supposedly. And and it's hosted presidents, and it's got a ton of history. Well, we, ch- we checked into that hotel. We stayed out there for a couple nights. Checked into that hotel um why is it haunted I, like is did someone yeah it's kind of right up there with me not knowing anything about sylvan lake if it's not, man-made or not, not but like not it's uh, yeah sure. okay we we went to check into it because it looked like it was old and had a lot of character and the front desk said when we were checking in and molly and i were just newly dating like maybe eight months or something like that yeah you know do you have a preference on floor and i said i don't know what do you recommend and she said well they say the seventh floor is haunted and before I could be like, nah, let's skip that one. Because I was like, I don't really want. And Molly's yeah. like, we'll take the seventh floor. <laughs> and I'm like, so I can't act like a little bitch about it, you know? So I'm like, okay, we'll do that. Yeah, so I we guess, took a seventh floor gone. room. We didn't see anything weird, right? But Molly was I, like, something I, kept poking me in the back all night, though. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that the That wasn't ghost, a ghost, Molly. yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Your gun is sticking into my hip. Th- this this is not a joke, though. The lady who did it, and whether they just built this this theory up or this story up or whatever, but she reaches behind her in some desk in this old school entry lobby area, and she she grabs out this binder. And no joke, it's had to have been three three four inches thick. It was experiences and people's stories about hauntings or things they've seen or weird things that have happened. Like all of a sudden, they go to bed. And they'd wake up, you know, two, three in the morning and all the lights in the room would be on and yeah. the water would be running in the bath, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, and so anyways, we, we decided to do it. I thought I was acting badass, but <laughs> we kept a uh, couple lamps on and I don't think neither one of us slept a wink early <laughs> that night. So we switched hotels. <laughs> We're supposed to say the two nights we switched to yeah. a loft. Oh yeah. Down the road. Okay. The second night. Cause we were like, yeah. we can't do that again. Well, did anything so, happen? Nothing. Okay. Nothing happened, but yeah, we were, but we were concerned. I wish I could say there was yeah. a story, but yeah. we didn't We didn't get much sleep, whether that was from, you know, being fearful of the haunting or just newly dating. Eight I months. Say, yeah, hey, eight months I don't think it had anything to do with the Freshies. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Rapid's cool, man. It's a, um, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's a cool spot. Um, cool city out there. Uh, I certainly, I, I, I like, just like the hills better. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, just for sure. Fun to get out just of Just wanted to mention too, Rapid because you mentioned Alicia being from, it's just yeah. a cool spot. You yeah, know, just, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I said, it's a hall. Uh, once you get to Chamberlain, it, it's, you know, from here to Chamberlain, it's kind of brutal. Yeah. Um, you know, one of your other, your other guests you had, Ben Ellingson, he loves the spearfish area out there too. That's gorgeous. You know, we usually try and get up to Terry Peak when we're out and Chris on Christmas, you know, we go out for like the whole week. Right. Christmas, New Year's to go out there snowboarding and yeah, there's a lot to do. You know, it's a good family spot. You got Keystone and, um, Hill city and just, you know, some of that stuff's super touristy, you know, especially this time of year. Um, but yeah, we love, we love it. Love her family out there. It's, it's a fun place to visit. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's take a moment to do a shout out to our amazing, uh, cocktail. Well, I mean, we could say cocktail, wine, Wine, spirit, uh, all of our friends uh, at Chancaska, um, Creek Ranch Winery and Distillery. Uh, they have been a partner of the Get Deep podcast since the inception about a year and a half ago or more. And we are so lucky. Uh, tonight we are sipping on the Four Oak Red. It's yeah, delicious. Yeah, wonderful. I'd like to say this is the first bottle. It may <laughs> be the second. Maybe there'll be a third. Who knows? Um, but I did talk to Kelsey Long a couple days ago and I asked her, I said, what do you want me to talk about? Um, on the podcast, because of course I kind of talk about the wine or the spirits that you, they're so generous to provide us with. And she was saying, you know, make sure that you book your corporate parties. You know, it, it's weird to think about. It's August 2nd yeah. today and we're recording. But um, she said it's never too early to book those parties for business out there. They've got that beautiful event center. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, if you've ever been out there for live music or other events, it's gorgeous. So, you know, call them, figure it out. Um, you know, book your parties for the holiday or whatnot out there. Or if you also want to check out their new menu, they just released a new menu. And I guess there's some really, really delicious options on there, which you can go to chaincaskawines.com and check that out uh, as well. So uh, anything else you want to add to the Chancaska story, Dan? I would love to. Um, so uh, they're just, they're fabulous. Um, so, you know, we actually celebrated our 10-year wedding anniversary out there. Um, you know, I called Jane. I think she was actually out of the country and she like answered my phone call. I found like, <laughs> it after the fact. Right. And so she I was like, Hey, we're, you know, we're, we're going to go out and celebrate our 10 year anniversary. Um, and I asked for, for kind of a tall ask. I was like, any chance, were you guys like in business in 2013? You know, cause we got married in 2013. Any chance you have a 2013 bottle? And 
she kind of chuckled. She's like, if I do, it's in my cellar at home. I'm like, get it. Totally get it. I had to ask. Right. Um, but she's like, I'll, I'll, I'll set you up or let Chandler know uh, that you're coming. And, you know, we got there and I never met Chandler yet. It, it's, I haven't been out there for a while. We used to play music out there a decent amount. Um, life gets busy, but, uh, he, he came, met me right at the front door. He's like, you must be Dan. I'm like, yeah. And I find out later, he's like, I totally Facebook stalked you. To me. <laughs> so I'm like, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't met you yet. You know? So like he did his homework and was like super impressed. And we just, we just had a blast, you know, it, like you said, it is an amazing property, right? It's, it's an amazing place. Uh, we're so fortunate to have them so close, you know, Jane and Ken are awesome. They've always been such gracious hosts. Um, so helpful. And, um, you know, having us play their acoustic with a couple of the guys from the band and, um, you know, yeah, we're, we're lucky to have it. I mean, I think, you know, Star Tribune and others have had it, you know, the best winery in Minnesota and, um, from where it started, where it is today with the, the addition on to the building, the event center, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful property. So kudos to the Schwickerts and all, and I know there's more involved than, than them, but, um, yeah, kudos to you guys for doing that. And thanks for everything you do out there. And thanks for this. This is, this is wonderful. Like I was telling you guys earlier, uh, I think the last time I had a glass of Four Oak was at a, a graduation party uh, with the Wittenbergs. So cheers to the Wittenbergs as well. You got it. Thank you, Chan Casca, for your continued uh, sponsorship. How do you feel about the fact that Minnesota is now legalized recreational marijuana? I mean, it's... It's about time. You, I know you've never... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I've certainly indulged. I'm not gonna I'm not Surfing gonna hide culture. that. It's yeah, right. Yeah, right. First first giveaway. Is this Piccoli that we're talking yeah. to right now? Yeah. Hey bud. We call him Jack Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's right. Jack Johnson. Mankato's Jack Johnson. Actually we haven't gone there yet, but Jack Johnson was a huge influence on me playing music. Hell yeah. Um I love Jack Johnson. And uh he's a surfer. Yeah, so actually I'll I'm gonna. I'm just gonna totally derail this right away, and we'll come back to weed later. Um, or we won't. So, that's oh, or weed we won't. Works. Whatever. That's how weed works. Yeah. Where am I? They forgot to vote for it because you know whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Jack Johnson. Um, so 2001, uh, sophomore year at the University of Minnesota. Um, really, when I you know first heard of Jack, right, and Brush Brushfire Fairy Tales, his first album came out, um, and it kind of a few stories around this. So. 9-11 um, happened, and um, he's got, he's, oh, man, I'm blanking on the name of the song. Uh, that Maybe it's just the news, um, but it was so surreal. Like, if you listen to that song, and it's it's about, you know, people dying on the news. Uh, one of the first lines, like, a million people died on the news today. And, like, that was playing in our apartment while we're watching the craziness of the towers collapsing on 9-11. Like, it was just, it was nuts. So, like that's, you know, whatever, maybe somewhat of a negative connotation or correlation to Jack Johnson, which is certainly not anything of his music of, of how I know him or, um, whatever, but, uh, no huge, huge influence on me. Um, used to play, still do play, uh, his songs. Um, some of the first songs I learned were, were Jack Johnson songs. Um, and actually I've, I've had the opportunity to meet him a couple of times and, and just, I guess, frankly, kind of created the opportunity so, um, kind of going back to the Braden stuff, um, you know, the fall of 2022 going into my junior year college was, was when he really, Jack really took off. Right. So he was, he was playing first Ave in Minneapolis. I was up at the U of M and me and my sister, Patty, um, you know, we tried getting tickets on Ticketmaster, AKA ticket bastard in my opinion. 
Um, and uh, we got shut out. And so we started driving around local record stores in Minneapolis. We, you know, called Electric Fetus and um, I forget the other ones. We, we drove kind of all over hell to try and find tickets to no avail. And so the day of his show, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to first Ave, And I took the bus from right outside my apartment down on University Avenue and, and uh, on the way down to First Ave, I, I had my sketchbook for whatever reason, I don't what I was doing, uh, whatever, you know, talk about weed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm, I'm on the bus, right, which is always an interesting experience in downtown, well, not downtown at that time, we were on University, but um, nonetheless, it's always experiencing colorful on, on public transportation in the city. And so I started writing this note to Jack and I'm like, you know, Jack, I just, I just like heartfelt, you know, um, like I think, I think I had something in there about how he was similar to me as Bob Marley. Right. And, and I can maybe go there in a little bit, the importance that Bob Marley had played in my life and, um, at a really important time. And, um, you know, kind of he's to me, it was kind of the present day Bob Marley, right? Like from Hawaii and he's a surfer, his music's super, super relaxing. Like, a lot of shit going on that year, you know, and, um, you know, I found out I was going to be a dad was not ready for that whatsoever. Um, really struggled with that. I was a junior in college. Um, and his music really, really helped me in a really hard time. So I'm writing this note and writing this, this really personalized letter. Like, you know, thank you. I don't have a ticket for your show tonight. I really hope I can get in, you know, um, you know, sign my name, whatever, Dan. And, and so I get to the venue and, um, you know, the bus is outside and there's kind of some other fanners, you know, milling around some girls, of course, <laughs> go figure Jack Johnson and girls. Um, <laughs> and, and so there's this guy that kind of keeps coming back and in, in and out of the side door for staff. And, and finally I'm like, Hey, um, can you give this to Jack? And it was, it was the note that I wrote and he's like, yeah, sure. You know, and kind of looked at me a little weird and, and, and he, you know, went inside and he comes back out and I, I kind of look at him like, did you give him the note? And he looks at me and goes, shit, I'll be right back. I'll, gi- I'll give it to him. I'm like, sure, okay. So he goes back inside and comes back on. He's like, hey, just so you guys know, they just released some tickets. You got to go around to the other side. You got to go around to the other door to get tickets. And I'm like, oh, sweet. You know, and then these girls that, like, everybody's like, oh, okay, cool. And, and we go and there's no fucking tickets, right? Trying like it was just, he had to get us to leave so the guys could get back on the bus and not get in or, you know, whatever. So... Uh, nonetheless, we hang out. There's no tickets. Um, randomly, as people are finally, the doors are open, somebody comes out and they're like, hey, we got one extra. Who's got 20 bucks? I'm like, $20 bill in my hand, like instantaneously. So I, I get in, I get into the show, into First Ave, which like, let me tell like, who doesn't love First Ave? Like, we're so fortunate to have that place in, in Minnesota, Minneapolis. Like, the Prince stories, like, if you've played for staff, like that's, that's a rite of passage in music. As far as I'm concerned, uh, certainly would be a dream at some point to play for staff. Like it's just, it is an incredible, incredible historic venue. Um, and the gal that owns it has done an amazing job recently of just getting in with the legislature and all the ticket, you know, bullshit. And, um, when they were shut down, she was huge, um, in, in doing that. But, uh, anyway, um, so I get in and, Alana Davis is opening up for him, and um, I, so I walk to the front. It's pretty open, right? Not a lot of people there yet. Good good old opening acts, right? <laughs> That's a tough gig. Um, and I'm like, holy shit, there's Jack, right? Like, he's right on the side of the stage, right by the, at that point, they had some, you know, stacks of speakers 
Uh, I think they have a different system now. Um, so I just walked up to him like, Hey Jack. And he was kind of like, you know, a little bit like, Hey, don't bug me. I'm like trying to listen to her play. But on, you know, he, he came over, he's like, Hey, what's up? I'm like, Hey, did you get my note? And he's like, huh? And I'm like, did Josh give you my note? Josh was his tour manager that, you know, was kind of going in and out. And he goes, Oh yeah. Thanks, Dan. That was awesome, man. That meant a lot to me. I was like, Holy shit. <laughs> like, not only did I ride the bus, I had no ticket. I like had no way of getting in here. And it was definitely one of those moments in my life where I was like, if you want to do something, mm-hmm. fucking do it. Yep. Right. Like just, if you want, you got to go after it. Right. It was like, I didn't have tickets. I didn't have anything to lose. I, let's go try. And so we chatted for a while and then all of a sudden some other people kind of realized what was going on. Like here's, you know, here's Jack Johnson. We're chit chatting. And then of course girls, right. Go figure. <laughs> they just come in and swarm. Then like, always, well, it's, always Jack, beat it's, you. it's Jack Joe. Right. Yeah. You know, so he kind of like bowed out and, um, so I waited for him after the show and, and we chatted a bit and, um, you know, just super grateful. Like it was, it was so crazy to me. Like it felt like one of my friends, you know, like in whatever, if it's the, if the, if it's who he is, I think, you know, I don't know him personally as a friend, obviously, but, um, I did have an opportunity to speak to him after that, um, at another gig in Minneapolis, but, um, you know, just big old hug after we're talking after the show and just, Super, super cool guy. Um, and so, it, yeah, I meant a lot, man. When you, you meet people like that and, and, you know, the success that he's had, um, I would love to reconnect with him. Um, actually, the, the second time we saw him was the Women's, women's Club, Women's Center in Loring Park. Me and my sister, Patty, I, I took her for her birthday. Um, so we, we both got a picture with him, and, and that was right after Braden was born. And so I had this picture in my wallet of Braden when he was like five days old. He's like all stretched out on one of my grandma Evie's homemade quilts, you know, in, in their old farmhouse. And uh, I, I gave him the picture. I'm like, you know, we talked about whatever it was at that point, eight months prior or so. And now Braden was born. And, he, he, you know, he certainly helped me through that transition of all this unknown. And so he signs Braden's little baby picture that I, I still have to this day. And he's like... Braden, I hope to meet you when you're older. Aloha, Jack Johnson. You know, it was just it was it was cool. such a cool cool thing. Um, he, you know, he's an amazing man. He's he's got a family and kids, and um, you know, still lives in Hawaii. And um, we we tried going to a show last summer in Chicago, and just didn't work out with with schedules and travel. But uh, yeah, at some point, I would love to reconnect with him and and have obviously Braden meet him now that he's, you know, six, five and yeah. 20 years old, you know, he's, he's older and bigger now, but, um, yeah, much love for Jack and, you know, that, and that whole band and that, that whole scene. Um, he certainly helped me through some pretty tough times. I don't want to detract from that story, but did you just say that Braden's six, five? Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a, yeah. he's a tall boy. How do how do you do that? I don't know, man. And he was like, one of his favorite meals when he was a kid was like rice and mixed vegetables. Like he, he that's ate that. That. That's, that's it. Like that was like, it was so, we, it was, I remember, I don't remember if it was, I think it was, it was like preschool ECFE or something. It might've been kindergarten, but there was a night where like we had to bring food or like the kids' favorite food. And so we show up with this bowl of, of rice and mixed vegetables and everybody's like, what in the hell is this? And like, 
It's Braden's favorite food. Like, you know, the kids have like Oreos yeah, and whatever yeah. else. Chicken, and chicken kids nuggets. on a budget. Yeah. Don't yeah. judge Fish them. Sticks. Yeah. He, yeah. he just, he ate that all the time. It was hilarious. But that is funny. Yeah. But huge and powerful story. I love that. I mean, how many times do you get to say, hey, this is my favorite artist, had a mm-hmm. huge impact on me. Yeah. And I got to go have a firsthand conversation with him, talk about my son, have him sign a photo of my son's. Yeah. I, that's just, that's crazy. That's a cool story. Yeah, he's he's a really cool guy, um, and yeah, like I said, I really hope at some point we can we can reconnect somewhere down the road. I'm sure it'll probably happen at some point, but um, yeah, it definitely meant a lot to me, you know. And it was a big inspiration to to my music and and what I play, and I certainly you know still do play uh, some of his songs. But um, I think that's a beautiful thing in music, you know. And um, you know, so I mentioned Bob Marley a little bit before that. Um, you know, Bob Marley was a, was a big part of my life and it's, it's not the weed, you know, like a lot of people associate with Bob, uh, of course there's that, but, um, you know, so music, like I said, it has always been a, a big part of my life. Um, my mom, you know, was in a polka band with her family growing up. She grew up playing concertina. Um, she, she taught me to play concertina, like I think it was in eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade. Um, and around that same time, a, a really good friend of mine, my best friend from sleepy at the time. Uh, Brian Harkin, um, his dad, Pat had guitars like all over the house. Right. And I was so jealous. Like he, it was like, he just had acoustics like everywhere. Right. And so like around that same time, I started listening to Led Zeppelin and got Brian on Led Zeppelin and, um, his dad taught him how to play guitar. And I was so jealous. I was like, at that moment I told myself, I'm going to learn how to play guitar so I can teach, you know, my son or my, my daughter, whatever at the time, I'm sure I thought son cause Brian and his dad. But, um, so they were, they were a big inspiration for me learning how to play guitar. And like you said earlier about the whole fingers callous, like learning how to play an acoustics, super tough cause it's, you know, strings can be heavy and hard and, um, it does take a bit to, to learn that. And I just, I couldn't figure it out at seventh, eighth grade. Uh, Harkin could, and he, he ripped and I, I'm pretty sure he still does this day. He, he builds guitars, I think. And, um, we've kind of lost touch, but, um, so that was, that was a, a big turning point for me or a big, kind of a big moment, I would say. Um, so kind of tying that back to Braden, I'm all over the place here. Apologize. It's not the weed. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you, Chan Casca. <laughs> uh, haven't indulged. Um, it, but so, you know, that, that, that was a moment where I was like, I, I want to learn how to play guitar. So I know to, to teach my son, daughter, whatever. Um, so I bought my first guitar, I think like right after Braden was born. Um, you know, that happened sooner than I had thought, um, you know, as a junior in college and I played a little bit like my freshman year in college, um, learned from some roommates and dabbled a little, a little bit. Um, my roommate in junior and senior year actually had kind of toured with the band a little bit, taught me some stuff. Um, so like any smart college kid, I went to Guitar Center, took out a credit card <laughs> on a freaking whatever, $500 guitar that I probably ended up spending $1,200 on in <laughs> fees and shit. Uh, but I had a guitar. I still have it to this day. Um, it was nothing special uh, in the sense of the gu- guitar world, but it's super special to me. Uh, it's where I learned some of my first songs. Uh, some of the first songs that, you know, I've got braided in my lap at my mom and stepdad's house strumming along with me, you know, one of my favorite photos, photos of he and I, um, you know, and that's, that's really where that started. So I'm um, super grateful for the Harkins and, you know, kind of that inspiration to learn, to be able to teach my son. Um, I never ended up teaching Braden or not yet anyway. Um, you know, he, he did play trumpet for a while. His grandpa, Jeff plays trumpet. He's super musical. 
um, you know, his mom's musical as well, or played trumpet as well. But, um, you know, maybe someday, um, I will say he, he actually has one of your dad's guitars that, yes. that, uh, that I got from you that, that year for Christmas, which is super special. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's there, but you know, if he has ever has an inkling or wants to learn, um, like a lot of things, you know, it's probably better to get lessons from somebody other than dad. Um, but no, it was a, that was another big, I guess, kind of thing in life and a, a turning point, whatever, as I look back. Um, but to bring it back to the whole kind of Jack Johnson, Bob Marley thing, um, you know, so I, I moved to Mankato my freshman year of high school. Um, you know, it was, it was funny, Mankato, like to come from sleep. Yeah, Mankato's a big city, man. I was so scared. I thought there were gangs. I thought I was going to get my ass. <laughs> I, it's, you thought the curly it, crips were here? Yeah, it's so crazy looking back now where I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, but it was it was big. We had, well, I had like 50 kids in my class at St. Mary's, 54 maybe. And I think when I came to West, it was over 300, maybe 350. Um, and, you know, so I was involved in Lancers and, um, you know, but I still went back quite a bit to sleep. I had some, you know, close friends and quasi girlfriends, whatever girls that I thought were girlfriends maybe, but, um, you know, my, my sophomore year was a, was a pretty dark time. And I was really trying to figure that out of like, I had left sleepy eye and I was, it was kind of the cool kid that moved to Mankato, but I really didn't feel that cool. Cause I really wasn't in with the crew here yet. Right. I didn't really have any strong friends necessarily outside of the marching band, which a good amount of them were from East, uh, Mankato East. Um, my, my sophomore year was, was pretty tough and it was pretty dark and, you know, at that point it was, you know, listening to some, you know, kind of heavier stuff like corn and, you know, some just angry shit. Right. And, um, you know, I think Aaron, you, you probably know about, um, Aaron Gittner who was in our grade and, um, took his life, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a big moment obviously for us in our class. And I wasn't super close to Aaron. Um, but Aaron had a big impact in my life and he was one of the kids in our class that, you know, welcomed me in and, um, you know, I felt like a friend and, um, you know, I was, it was, I felt like pretty almost parallel a little bit of what he was going through. And thankfully, um, I'm still here today, you know, and, um, I, I would say music is a big part of that. And around, you know, that time I, I kind of turned off the corn and just the heavy, you know, depressing shit and really started digging into Bob Marley, you know, and just better, more positive music, um, you know, which, thank God I did, you know, and, um, I, I can honestly, like, that's kind of one of those moments in life where I'm like, I feel like kind of music saved my life. Right. And, um, and I think that's a big part of my passion for it. Obviously I have, you know, my profession and everything too, but, um, you know, it just, it's kind of that thing with music for me that even if it's playing once a month in Mankato or playing in my house for my girls, you know, now, um, if, I can somehow, some way help somebody through life by music, by sharing a song, um, to help brighten their day. Like that's, I, I kind of feel like that's my gift and what, um, you know, what I can do in whatever capacity. Right. So, um, you know, that's, I guess kind of the, the Bob Marley thing for me. Um, you know, I'm super thankful for him and still play some of his songs, you know, with, with the girls, um, used to play for Braden a little Bobby McFerrin and Bob Marley mix that, I, that you guys probably, I play at every show pretty much. Uh, don't worry, be happy into three little birds with the band. Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm super grateful for music and for what I've, I've gotten from it, the experiences I've had. 
uh, the guys I've gotten to play with, you know, some of the places we've, we've been able to play. Um, you know, one of our guys, Johnny, just shared last week, we did a trip to Montana for a buddy's wedding back in the day, and it was just a freaking whirlwind. But it was so fun, you know, and it just there's just so much to that. So, um, yeah, certainly certainly grateful for for music and, and all that it's given me. And it's kind of that, um, you know, I think, you know, it, like I said, did my homework. I listened to, I listened to Chad and Ben's deal on this and, you know, super awesome guys. Um, but you know, Chad talked about the gifts, right. And, and, and really kind of your, your purpose or or responsibility to kind of be able to share that and give that back. And, um, you know, that's, that's certainly what I've felt with music. I want to talk about DW3 unless you were going to jump into something else, Wesley. Uh, let's talk about the band. Mm -hmm. So obviously I was always curious where the guitar started. You know, I knew that Lancers was on my list, right. And I wanted to know. How did how did the guitar thing start? Which you explained. Yeah. But how did DW three come to fruition? Let's let's talk about that. You know, you're yeah. talking about the band, and some people are like what band? Yeah, they, yeah. They probably know. But Maybe they don't yeah. Know. If not, you know, for, I don't know. You probably you guys probably have listeners all over. Um. So yeah, DW three. Um. Yeah, I got to credit Pete Matichek, who's he's awesome, another awesome guy here in town. Uh, we met through our through Braden actually when when uh, Braden and his daughter were in ECFE together. Um, and we connected again, of course, through music. And, uh, so it really started with open mics at the sugar room, which is now tandem bagels, right? Um, cool little venue, the jazz club prior to that. Um, so I came back, you know, when I was, I was, you know, came back from college, um, and I, I wanted to get out and play a little bit, you know, and, um, I think, you know, playing drums and percussion, like you just, I I've had that rhythm or, you know, had that really the rhythm growing up and, and learning percussion and certainly helped me a ton, I think with guitar and just rhythm in general. Um, I'm, I'm no like solo artist and ripping, you know, melting faces with guitar solos by any means. That's, that's what Johnny's for. Pish he's bash, he's really good at that. And it was, you know, I could just kind of throw it on rhythm, but, um, so I started playing, um, open mics and, um, God, see, yeah, this is, this is super fun. I think CJ Mulder, at that point, I was running it and was super welcoming. He's like, hey, do you want to play? And I was like, no, yeah, maybe. I don't know, man. He's like, well, just get up there, you know, whatever. And so it just kind of continued to grow. And um, before we knew it, like, that's just kind of where we all met for the most part. Or a few of us anyway, where we started um, was just totally organically through open mics, you know. And, and it was super fun to see it in, in what it kind of grew into back in the day. Um, I met Eric first our bass player Eric Zimmerman um awesome awesome individual human being um he's actually he just got hired at Mankato East as their new band director he's been at Medelia for quite a few years uh so super stoked to have him here in town with our kiddos in Mankato um remember going to his old just shit college apartment down on second and Liberty and I mean we had bats flying through the basement as we were practicing (laughs) and like but like before, before we even kind of started that, I had the big book of CDs. Does anybody remember CDs? Oh yeah, we do. Wow, I mean, so holy my cow. part-time staff. No. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> so I, had, I just come with this binder full of CDs and start throwing in, you know, again Jack Johnson, Stevie Wonder, and we're just like, oh, you like this too? Yeah, and dude, we just totally hit it off, man. It was just super cool. Um, and my buddy Nate Graham, uh, who's actually an optometrist here in town. Uh, he was in drumline with me for all those years and, um, you know, kind of in between, I think he was trying to figure it out. Sorry, Nate, if I'm butchering your, your, uh, your life of <laughs> in between undergrad and optometry school, but I think it was around that time. 
and he'd play hand drums with us. And then, um, you know, it just kind of grew from there. So, um, you know, some various people, like we played with Dylan Steiner for a little bit, Billy's son, Dylan, awesome drummer. Um, and then, uh, Corey and, and Eric did this like drum, <laughs> they were called drums and bass, super clever. <laughs> it was a drummer and a bassist. And, uh, so I kind of saw those guys and, and we ended up starting to play with, with Corey as well and Eric. Um, and then one night we were playing at the wine cafe and, and Jonathan Moeller, who plays with so many groups now, super, super talented guitarist, uh, again, awesome human being as well. Um, he came up and I had my Stratocaster and my amp at the time, which I rarely, I don't think I even play it anymore really sadly, but, uh, I was like, wait, would you want to sit in on a song? He's like, yeah, sure, man. And like showing the set list. And he's like, what? I, I know superstition. I'm like, well, let's start off second set with superstition down at the wine cafe. And so we started superstition. He never sat down and he never left the band after that moment. So it was pretty cool. Like just, it, it's just, again, like the whole music thing's so crazy and cool to me where it's, you just, you people like that that you meet along the way. And like, here we go now, Johnny's part of the band. Um, and then after that, um, Adrian Barnett, who now lives and plays full-time in Nashville, um, he was still around at that point and he played saxophone with us for quite a while. I played in your backyard. Hell I remember, yeah. I remember that. We Peter, had some Adrian's fun. great. Yeah, we had some full, fun golf get up for that little show. We did. Um, so yeah, it's just, it, it's super cool and fun to look back at just kind of how organic everything grew and started and, um, the guys are all amazing that, that I've been able to play with. Um, they're so much better than me, which is super cool because they make me sound a lot better than I am, which is fun. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, Adrian, since, like I said, excuse me, he uh, he's down in Nashville playing with various groups on the road. Um, you know, he's made a go of it. He went, he got his doctorate in jazz studies. Um, Johnny's still in town. Eric's still in town. Corey lives in Minnetonka. He puts on a lot of miles to come down. Most of our stuff's down here in Mankato. Um, but no, it's, it's been fun. I mean, we're all now we have, we, well, Corey's going to have a baby here in about a month or so. Um, so congrats to him and, and, uh, his fam, but, um, yeah, we got, we, the rest of us all have kids. I guess Adrian doesn't, but he pops in maybe once, maybe once a year we get Adrian in town. Um, and it's always special. Um, he is an amazing saxophone player Mm -hmm. and I would honestly put him with anybody on the road right now. He's playing with, uh, Roman Duddy. Uh, so Rome played with Sublime. And Duddy, I think, is in Dirty Heads, another kind of reggae band. Uh, so he's he's been playing with them and playing with some other groups as well. Uh, there's an incognito group that he plays with that I can't talk about. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so it's it's pretty cool, man. I'm I'm super grateful. Um, you know, again to kind of go back to some of the other folks. I mean, you know, Chad. Um, Chad's a great mentor of mine as well. Um, and you know, he, he used the word blessed a lot in his time here with you guys and. I, uh, you know, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of easy sometimes in the day to day where, you know, life can be a grind and, and you just, you know, things can be tough. And, and I, tonight, honestly, you know, it's been great for me and therapeutic. It's just like talking about life and my stories and some of the things I've been through. Like I am, I am super blessed, like mm-hmm. Chad said, right. Um, you know, and I think the more that we can focus on that and the things that we have all been provided, um, you know, we're, we're pretty lucky to be in this room together. We're pretty lucky to have, you know, the, the lives that we have blessed or fortunate, whatever you want to call it. Um, but there's certainly been a lot of good, you know, there's certainly been some heartache, right. But, uh, it, you know, it's made me stronger. It, may, it makes us stronger. Um, and, and it's fun to look back on some of this stuff and just realize how fortunate I am and how unfortunate we are. 
Well, Chad's episode has a theme that I think probably is true of all of our episodes, but the opportunity to talk about the community. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we can talk about a lot more of the community with you, but one thing specifically, given the the topic we're on right now, music, uh, that was a fan-submitted question from Tyson Dull. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. What up, Tyson? I was out to uh, lunch with Tyson on Monday. We went to the Crooked Pint. There you go. And he wanted to do, he he does his own podcast up here now. Yeah. So we were just chatting, and he said, oh, so who do you have on this week? And uh, he texts me right before the show, and he goes, well, ask Dan about what he thinks is necessary to make the music community more established, grow, become something more than what it is, essentially, in Mankato. Because it seems like there's definitely good roots, there's a lot of good history, but there just doesn't seem to be, I don't know, I, I don't even know what the word is for it, but there's something missing on that front. Yeah, so before I start, um, I, I do want to give a shout out to Tyson um, and, and Tony as well for their podcast. I, I apologize, I'm not, I'm not a podcast guy. You know, like we talked about this offline a little bit. I'm a music guy. <laughs> when I'm on the road, I listen to music. But Tyson, I'm super, super proud of you and your sobriety. Keep it up. Um, I'm just, I'm really, really proud of you. So I uh, just wanted to share that and, and make sure that I started with that first and foremost. And thank you for the question. Um, two dudes that don't drink. Yeah. That want to listen to it. Yeah. Two dudes that don't drink. It's again, that's kudos to you guys. Um, so, you know, there is a ton of history here in Mankato. Um, you know, buddy Holly in the Kato ballroom, um, you know, and, um, you know, Braden's grandpa, Jeff call, uh, has played music here for years. And, you know, he and I had a lot of conversations back in the day about, there'd be live music in town like seven days a week in Mankato. Um, you know, I think the, one of the biggest things we're missing is a, is a venue like, and it's no, it's no like slam to Vetterstone or Mayo Clinic health, health system that you know, I call it the civic center, or whatever. I'm a townie. Same. Um, and it's, it's no slam to that, but it's just, you know, I, I think the biggest thing we're missing is, I don't know how you replicate it is, is a historic theater. Yeah. Right. So like that stuff, I mean, I talking to CJ Pearson, like, I think, I think he was telling me at one point there was like three different historic theaters that are all now gone. Yeah. Um, so that's a bummer. Right. But we can't turn back time. It is what it is. But I, I think to have something like that, we talked about first Ave. you know, to have that iconic venue, which I guess what we have is the Kittle ballroom. So um, I, I don't know if we lean into that more. Right. And really and really bring up that history. And, and make people more aware over the generations. Cause I think some of that stuff has been lost. Who the hell's buddy Holly probably to many people. Right. Um, doesn't, doesn't hold the weight that maybe it had 20, 30 years ago. Um, but I think that's, you know, as far as historic iconic venues, we need to lean in there. Um, you gotta have a place, you know, there's, there's been some turnover, uh, downtown, um, you know, and it's development, it happens, but, um, you know, Red Sky was a big venue for a while. The What's Up Lounge has been a, a venue for a while. Um, we used to play Pub 500 all the time. Uh, thanks to Tom Frederick for, you know, he was really my first gig outside of the Sugar Room. And, and thanks to Marty Lewis for the Sugar Room and, you know, Blue Bricks and what, what he's done as well. I mean, without all these, you know, bar owners like them and doing what they do, we wouldn't have had the opportunities we had. Uh, you talk about Matt Little earlier and, and what he did up at Buster's back in the day. Uh, now it's crisp and green, but, uh, man, how things change, but you know, yeah, you have to have, you have to have the venue. Um, you have to have the people, 
Um, at the same point, you know, it, it, it's tough because I don't know if many people realize this. And I, and I learned this from Eric Jones um, down at the Civic Center um, via the young professionals with GMG. And it was, it was really eye-opening to me um, when we toured down there with that group that they bid on bands coming to town like a contractor bids on a project, right? And I was like, what? Like, I had no idea. Like, they're trying to put their package together of how they're going to bring in Billy Currington and all these acts that they've brought in or bringing in this, this year, Rib Fest coming up this weekend. Um, and, and they're competing with Sioux Falls. They're competing with Rochester. They're competing with Minneapolis. You know, St. Cloud has a newer venue. Um, and a lot of these contracts have a radius clause that says you cannot play anywhere within 90 150 miles, whatever. I, I don't read all the whatever, but like there's, there's these radius clauses. So like if they're playing in Minneapolis, they can't play Mankato within like 90 days of that last show. Wow. Right. So like you look at Trample by Turtles, for instance, again, another huge inspiration for me, Dave being from, you know, Dave Simonette being from Mankato. Ah, speaking of the sugar room. So my one claim to fame, <laughs> I got to share this is I one day got to play with Trampled by Turtles at the Sugar Room. I played congas, some little hand drums for like a <laughs> song or two, but I did get to play with Trampled. Um, so that was another fun highlight in my music life. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, it's so like same thing for them. Like, and I don't know what their deal is with, uh, not their deal, but like their their contract with, you know, they play Bayfront every year in Duluth. That's where they formed. That's really kind of their hometown, um, which gosh, like 11,000 people up there in July. Um, you know, played Red Rocks, sold out Red Rocks again. And um, so, so there's that competition for the, for the bigger acts, right? Um, I think there is a lot going on locally. Um, I I honestly am a little bit disconnected, you know, more than I used to be, you know, the, the the days of the open mics where we'd go and play every week because we didn't have kids or, you know, the things that we have today, which, you know, love my kids, but just we're, we're at a different point in life right now. Um, but there's a ton of great music in town. Um, there's a, you know, a, a big show tomorrow coming up, um, with an album release and, um, you know, there's just, I, I do think there's good stuff happening. There's different groups. I think there, there is a pretty tight knit community within the music community here in town that I frankly am not really involved with, um, just because my life has kind of taken a different spin, if you will. But, um, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is to be honest. I mean, you got to have a venue, right? Like I mentioned Red Rocks. I don't know if you guys have been out there ever, but people from all over the world go to Red Rocks because yeah. it's Red Rocks, it's right? Magical. And so the one thing I will say, like I, I love Vetterstone, um, both the company and the venue. Um, but the venue piece of it, you know, you look at the, the Coughlin Quarry, right? Just a little bit downstream the river. Um, man, if the timing would have worked out a little bit better, you know, what could have been versus building up this this venue in the in the parking and again it's cool it's a cool space but now we've got this quarry that's not being used you've got all this natural limestone rock that's like it's it's a huge part of, of Mankato right like we you know Vetterstone on Third Ave they've got their quarry here in town um you, you know it's like what what could have been done with kind of some natural rock to do and it's again it's I'm not saying it's going to be red rocks right like it's a little different but something that is really that draw what's What's different if it's we don't have an historic theater, right? We don't have, you know, I know the the new the new deal, the Pond of Madison is a, is a venue too, um, that's that's new, right? Just opened this week, 
Um, but you gotta have a place. You gotta, you gotta have people too. Um, and there are certain people here in town that are working their asses off playing music and, you know, local bars supporting that too. Um, so I don't know. I don't think I really answered your question. I don't know that I have the answer. Um, but I, I do think a venue is a huge part of it. I think the community is a huge part of it. You have to have business owners that are willing to take a risk and how can you get maybe some nationally national touring acts that come through that, you know, kind of have that first half mentality where it's like, Hey, this is the rite of passage. If I'm making it in the music industry, I'm playing this venue. And if we can somehow make Cato ballroom, maybe that spot of like, do you want to play where Buddy Holly played and other musicians back in the fifties and sixties? Like it just, you know, I, I think that's maybe the, that's the historic one that we have left to lean into. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent on the venue front it, Jones and I, when we were talking about doing a speakeasy for a while, we even looked at how could we incorporate music into the space? We did. Yeah. And, and we thought, how cool would it be? I mean, it's not going to be a first half. It's not going to be thousands of people, but if you could do a, a couple hundred to a few hundred kind of seats set up, I mean, that would yeah. even be huge just because there's not a lot of options in that space either. Right. Locally. I think the what's up lounge might be the best kind of example of that. And they're quite frankly, not doing a lot. Post-pandemic. It's hard, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. And it's, you, you hit the nail on the head, the post pandemic thing. Like, I mean, I don't know how these artists made it, you know, it, it, to go back to trampled by turtles. Like, um, you know, they embraced it. They did some streams, um, actually bought some handwritten lyrics from Dave for Alicia and, um, in one of his beautiful songs from their first album at your window. Um, and I just, I don't know how they did it, man. It's like, uh, the venue's the same thing, yeah. right? And, and, and restaurants were right in there. There's so many businesses that were impacted so hard. Um, but it, but it's tough because there's, you know, it's got to make sense. It's got to make business sense, right? You can't right. just like throw money out the window. You got to have the money or, you know, something to have the draw to have the bigger bands come through to have it worth their while. Or is there a way to fill in maybe with some of the, medium-sized groups where you don't have some of the radius clauses or some of the things that are, you know, kind of tying their hands where, um, nice almost to have a partnership with another venue in the cities that won a lot of those contracts to say, Hey, you can still keep your clause, but maybe we have some sort of loop right here for a Mankato connection. I think, right. I mean, there's no incentive to do that, but it would be fun to find a reason to. Right. Yeah. No, you're right, man. I mean, it's like, how do you, how do you like anything in business, right? How do you get creative? How do you solve the problem? Yep. You know, so it's, um, and it, it, I think partnerships a huge word in that and, and in business in general, um, you know, maybe there are some other ways to, to work through that where it's like, you know, we're not pulling from your Minneapolis crowd, you know, they're not driving an hour and a half. Maybe some of them will. And, and some of them do like some of the, some of the bands that have come through Vetter Stone, like Jason Isbell played here with St. Paul and the Broken Bones a few years ago. Like, holy shit. Like, I mean, he is a force to be reckoned with now. Like, I mean, you know, Morgan Wallen's covering his song and like the people are like, what do you mean? This is Jason Isbell's song. You know, Jason wrote this song. Like it's, yeah. you know, so it's, it, we've had some really good acts that have come through Mankato over the years. My first concert was Aerosmith when I was 16 at the civic center. Yeah. Um, rescheduled cause he tore his ACL doing a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they've done a great job and kudos to Eric and the whole staff. He's one we at, should actually have on the podcast. Yeah. I agree. I mean, he's I got agree. a lot of stories. He, he does. And, and, you know, I I love Eric and he, he and his team, they work their ass off to, to do a good job, bring bands in. Um, you know, and I think it was, it was really helpful for me to hear that process, right? Like, I don't, 
I didn't realize it until then. I'm like, wow, you guys are bidding on getting bands to come to Mankato. So I wonder how they how they win out, you know, when they Chilitos. Chilitos in the contract. And there it's the right. secret sauce. Yeah. One yeah. time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've never yeah. mentioned it, but I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah. Sure musicians they request. Shameless plug now, Wes. Go ahead. Go. That, no, that was it. That I, was should, I was I was actually, I, I, I've seen photos. I felt like I had to wear a collared oh, shirt or something. Today. I was going to wear my Zans uh, t-shirt from Jalon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fun. fun. I was actually there right before the episode. I had to make 80 Chilitos for an oh event that we were doing, and I, I just went in to sling some Chilitos. So. I'm going to grab another bottle of wine, so if I disappear off the... Uh, disappear. You know. Yeah, you go oh. for it, man. No, I, I Get it, appreciate the uh, the convo on the community side of, of music. I think the other thing I wanted to ask you earlier when we yeah. were in the Johnson story is I love Jack Johnson growing up too. Do you have a favorite Jack Johnson song? Ooh. Ooh. It's a good yeah, that's a good one. Um gosh, I don't I I've mean, got one. Yeah, it's I don't even his. I don't know if I have a I, I don't know if I can narrow it down. I mean, um one that we play we we still play quite a bit is Bubble Toes. That's just it's a fun it's a fun song and then I mix in a little Ben Harper who's another favorite musician of mine. Uh Steal My Kisses in into the middle of that. Um I don't I don't think I have a favorite, man, but that's a big one. I mean, Flake's a big one. It's it's kind of like most bands. I don't know if you guys have the same experience, but like for me, it's, it's sometimes it's hard after that first album. Like, how do you recreate that first experience? Like the first time you heard that band, yeah. like it's 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 really. I even Travel by Turtles. I go back to that original album that I don't even honestly I don't even know where they recorded it, but it's it's fairly raw. Mm-hmm. But it's like that's trampled. That's yeah. how I remember remember trampled. That was the first time I heard them. Uh, same thing with Jack and Brushfire Fairy Tales. I mean, it's just that whole album is just incredible. There's there's just so many great tunes on that but um yeah i would say you know whatever it might be hokey to some bubble toes is up there banana pancakes is up there alicia's niece i play that for her out and rap it all the time that's her favorite song shout out to emma i love his version of imagine yeah yeah that's a good one i love it better than the beatles honestly so that's that's bold man so another one that he covers is a pirate looks at 40 by um jimmy buffett that's definitely a favorite of mine yeah um yeah that that's that's also a good tune that's not one of his um he so i will say uh i don't know for the listeners out there but so he's got this kokua festival on oahu that he that he's played over the years and uh there's a kokua uh album that he's got like you know dave matthews and jackson brown and there's just some really and of course that's where the jimmy buffett Pirate looks at 40s on, but there's some pretty cool songs on on that one. So for those that are into it, check out the there's I think there's a couple Kokua albums, but you were saying that what was I'm writing down some of these songs because I want to listen to them, but you said Imagine by the Beatles, but done by Jack Johnson is, yeah. is actually your yeah. better way to okay. I'm gonna I gotta yeah, listen it's to pretty that solid. Too. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah, I think it's my favorite. It's fantastic. Cool. I love it. Well, Danny, Danny boy, um, obviously music is, is a huge part of, uh, a part of your life. And honestly, just listening to you talk about it, you can tell with people in their lives when they have certain things that are truly their passion, right? Like really what drives you, what is in your veins, like what really, what really gets you going, which is awesome. Um, I want to share a quick story before we get into what Danny's up to today besides music um and that is when we lived it's jumping back a little bit but when you lived on center street yeah uh down in lower north mankato and i lived on tyler avenue down in lower 
Lower North Mankato. Uh, again, reminder, uh, Danny and my brother Andy uh, graduated together from Mankato West in 2000. I was 2004. Um, unfortunately, my father, David, passed away from cancer in 2008, June of 2008. Yeah. Uh, he got diagnosed with esophageal cancer in 2007 um, and passed away in 08. Danny lived down there. We had parties, like I mentioned earlier, the Just Jones and parties and whatnot in the summer, which was great. Yeah. Um, my dad's guitar sat on the wall. Yeah. My dad was a huge, he loved playing. It was, it was, he didn't talk much. He wasn't a guy of many words. I get my, my voice from my mother, I guess <laughs> you could say. Um, but his guitar sat on our wall and it was, it was, it was mounted. It was there. We looked at it, but Andy and myself didn't know how to play guitar. So it just would sit there. I don't remember what month. I don't remember exactly what year, but I do remember the moment. And the moment was specifically this. Um, Danny had came over, um, to our house and we were hanging out one evening with yeah. my brother Andy, myself and Danny in our living room, sitting on the peanut butter couches, we called them. <laughs> really soft, buttery leather that we had bought. The room was painted cabin red. I'm not even kidding you. It was yeah. just a really relaxing living room. I loved that house. We had never let anybody play that guitar. I want to say it was at least two to three years after my dad had passed. Nobody had yeah. ever touched that guitar because it was sentimental. Right. You know? Well, in the midst of having some beverages and possibly some smoky treats together, <laughs> we decided, and, and maybe you asked Danny, I don't remember the exact situation, but Danny, I think may have asked actually, do you mind if I play a tune on the guitar? And I think Andy and I looked at each other because we'd never let anybody touch it. We just assumed it would never get played again. Yeah. And honestly, we, at that moment, I could tell without saying any words to my brother, that was like, if there was anybody that we were going to let touch that guitar and play that guitar, it was going to be you. Um, yeah. So I, do you remember that I specific that. situation? I remember, yeah, I remember that exactly. Um, yeah. It was just so special. It was. Because it was it was obviously an emotional time for my brother and I, but it was yeah. also cool because you were a friend and you were playing it and and it should be played. Instruments should be played. The music shall go on, you yeah. know, and, and that was a really cool moment. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned that because... You were the f you were the first person besides my dad and the last person to ever play my dad's guitar. So yeah. thank you for that. It was a really oh, you're special welcome. Night. Do you remember what song you played? Wish you were here. Boom. Good song. Yeah. Yeah. I wondered if it you was, remembered. I I it was a good thought that too. was it, but yeah. I, I no, honestly it was, couldn't yeah. totally remember. Hundred percent. Wish you were here. Is that's actually that's the first song I ever learned on how to play a guitar. Um learned my freshman year of college. Um kind of one of those moments where yeah, I was, you know, thankfully kind of just hanging out in the dorm room instead of doing the other things I probably shouldn't have been doing or maybe studying for architecture. I don't know. <laughs> fuck. Um, but no, yeah, it's the first song I learned how to play guitar. Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't played it for a while, but, uh, yeah, dude, that was a, that was a very special moment. So, so thank you as well. You know, I know you thank talked you. about it too with, with your dad and how, you know, um, you didn't, you know, maybe know how much, he played, and I think he had some like videos and recording of him playing. And yeah. it was kind of after he passed that you guys realized like, Oh my God, you know, dad, dad played quite a bit of guitar. So, um, he was kind of a closet yeah. player. I mean, he just really didn't right. release any of it. He, I remember times coming home. Um, cause I lived with him when I moved back from college from Duluth, UMP. Mm -hmm. And if I walked in the door and he was practicing upstairs, he would stop. Yeah. And I'd walk up the stairs in this town home he was rented and I go, keep going. It sounds great. And he'd yeah. be like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm yeah. Good. He was yeah. so like 
I don't know what it was, but he was good, but he didn't believe he was good. You know, so, yeah, and maybe so he wanted to keep it to himself. You know, maybe that was his thing, that his was time. His thing. But yeah, yeah, he was just anxious about it. You know, a lot of people struggle with that. But right, yeah. Well, and yeah, like I said, we you know that one year I again can't remember the year, but um, I think he had a, he must had a few guitars because we he did. we got he, one from you that I bought for Braden for Christmas that year that that we still have in the house. Yep. Um, that's funny. I, th- I thought about that today as well as I was kind of mentally preparing for our conversation yeah. and kind of the, the different strands that have we've, you know, woven, I should say sure. us together. And, um, you know, it's funny how so much of it, you know, music kind of seems to be a common mm-hmm. thread for so many folks and, and us as well. So, well, thank you for the memory. I, yeah. I want to make sure I brought that up because sure. it, it was super special and, and yeah. uh, I appreciate that. And well, it's uh, an honor, dude. It, it's an honor for me as well. I mean, you know, to play your father's guitar and, um, you know, both that, you know, wish you're here, you know, it's obviously a really kind of, you know, big song from Pink Floyd. And, um, it's, it's just kind of, it's, it's pretty cool how that's the song that came out at that moment. You know, right. that was for your dad. Yeah. I yeah. appreciate it, buddy. That's why I love you. Love you too. Uh, before we leave the music topic altogether, I think one thing that I'd love to also know is, is where can our listeners see you next? Now we've got maybe like two to three weeks before this probably gets released. So keep that in mind from a scheduling standpoint. Yeah. Do so you have anything booked out away? I don't. I'm sorry to disappoint. Oh, no. Sorry to leave the carrot hanging. We, can people, so can people book you? Maybe that's a, yeah. Question. Yeah. I mean, so it's, I, I will say this. So, um, you know, my family time is sacred. Um, my weekends are sacred. Um, I'm, I'm on the road quite a bit throughout the week and, and work a lot and thank thankful for Alicia and, you know, allowing me to, to be here tonight with you guys. Um, you know, I've had some late nights this week, um, and we'll have, you know, some more, but, um, so I've really dialed it back, right. It's just, you know, with my career and, and where I'm at with that, I mean, it's, I, you know, still, I'll still play forever. Right. Um, but it, it's kind of gotta be the right stuff in the right moment. So Corey, our drummer's having a baby soon. Um, and you know the summer stuff's kind of winding down um so yeah we, right now we don't have anything booked unfortunately um quite frankly it's you know it's not like something we we push a ton it's just kind of word of mouth a little bit of facebook here and there it's not like we have a website we haven't gone into the studio and recorded anything outside of just uh Corey's cabin up at sylvan lake like i don't know 15 years ago or something um, which is something I want to do. I mean, I've, I've talked to Nick over at Pachyderm in Cannon Falls, um, which is an iconic, iconic studio in Minnesota. For those that don't know, um, Nirvana's in utero was recorded there. Um, and that's a pretty cool story. Uh, Kurt in Cob- Cannon Falls. Yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Cannon Falls. Uh, there's been a ton of stuff. Trampled's recorded there a bunch. Um, the Nirvana story is, you know, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, they're really trying to keep Kurt Cobain sober. And, um, he, you know, they're like, we can't like be in a city. We can't be in LA. We can't be in New York. Like where can we go? So they went to Cannon Falls in the middle of kind of nowhere away from Minneapolis. And, um, there's some pretty cool, cool photos of them in front of their iconic fireplace. Um, Nick who kind of, who runs the studio now is super awesome guy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked to him and maybe at some point we'll, you know, write more of our own stuff. We'd really just do covers at this point. Um, but there's, I've got a lot within me. I feel like I probably need to write down and and get out there. Um, it's just trying to make the time to, to do that in the midst of everything else. But, 
um, yeah, it's a really, it's a really cool place. I want to get over there. I haven't honestly done a tour yet. Um, but they're super busy. He's super busy with people coming through. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, you know, it's not like it's, 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 it's kind of under the radar. I would say, you know, it's in Cannon Falls. It's yeah. not Minneapolis. It's not first Ave. Um, but there's been a lot of cool stuff that's been done there and, and they're super busy. I love it. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about current day Danny. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, obviously we know, um, local beginnings and things like that. You're now in the, uh, the, the, um, you're now in the furniture business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you are now with, uh, iSpace environments. Yep. Right. Our iSpace. A lot yeah. of people just say iSpace, but yeah. you did have a history before that. If yeah. we could touch on that a little bit. Uh, with OSD, with Office mm-hmm. Space Design. Yeah. Um, how did that come to fruition where you started getting into the furniture business with Dane and just, you know, how that at the beginning yeah. of that, and then we'll eventually get into iSpace and kind of bring us up to speed if that's cool. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I was, like I said, I was at Shields for five years um, and, you know, retail's a grind. My, like I said, my parents had a hardware store for 27 years and um, you know, I was, I was kind of looking for an opportunity and, and I had known Dane a little bit from high school and, um, you know, he was looking to kind of maybe make a change or do something different or grow the business. And, and we started talking. So I joined, um, yeah, I joined him in 2009, um, which, you know, you couldn't give anything away in that year, right. And everything shit the bed. And, um, so really kind of started in the basement as far as sales go, right. Like there's, there's not a lot to be had out there. Um, so really, you know, helped grow that company, um, more than doubled our revenue the time I was there. Um, and ultimately, you know, kind of got to the point where I was like, if I want to, you know, if this is, if this is my profession, which it is, this is my career. Um, you know, I need, I need kind of some more horsepower. I need, I need certain things as I was seeing competition from Minneapolis coming down, um, you know, and winning projects and kind of frankly stealing projects from us. Um, so it's interesting. It's a small, it's a small industry. Probably you can say that for any industry, right? Uh, world gets smaller every day. And so I, you know, I kind of bopped around a few different dealers up in Minneapolis and ultimately, um, you know, reconnected with Joel Peterson, who I met really my first year in the industry, um, down in Chicago at the big furniture show called Neocon. And, um, you know, we, we kind of kept in touch over the years and, and reconnected. And, um, ultimately it was, it was Aaron Eggert, uh, who was the president at the time that really took me under his wing um, at iSpace. And, you know, I started, I started here in Mankato just over seven years ago, uh, really out of my house. I was just working on my kitchen table on down on center street. And, um, you know, now today we're, we're right downtown across from the civic center, uh, the back of the grave building. Prior to that, we shared space with tailwind up on seventh floor of the Profinium building. Um, that was awesome by the way. Thanks tailwind. That was really cool spot to office out of for a few years. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, the fun thing has been, it it really brought me back into the realm of my degree in architecture, right? So we work with designers every day. I mean, we're, we're in the built environment. We're creating space that people want to come into. Um, you know, the last few years have been certainly interesting to say the least. Um, it's, you know, we even as a company of what we do have some struggles to get people to come into the office in Minneapolis, us down here in Mankato, we, we're, we're office people. Right. Um, but no, it was, it's, it's been a great opportunity. I mean, I, I learned a lot, 
you know, through my time at OSD. Um, I'm grateful, thankful for that, the opportunities that I've had. Um, and, and like I said, it really got to the point where it's like, if I'm going to do this and, and really do this well and right, I, I need more experience. I need more support. Um, and, and a lot of that kind of was a major manufacturer as well. So our industry, um, probably the best analogy I've, I've heard to date that most can relate to is the car industry, right? So like if you're going to go buy a Ford, Ford, you go to Harrison, which by the way, I think is hilarious. Harrison Ford, you know, it's, that's good. I think it's great, right? Yeah. Um, I, I might prefer Snell a little bit more. No, you know, just bought a vehicle from them. But so anyway, it's, it's similar to that, right? You got Ford, Chevy, GMC, Cadillac, whatever, name your brand. That's who you hit your wagon to, right? So you've got the same thing in our, our industry where you've got major manufacturers. So, um, people might've heard of the name. A lot of people locally will know the name Han because they're based in Muscatine, Iowa, American made, um, from, you know, ish. Um, and so our, our main manufacturer is Technion and most of their facilities, manufacturing facilities are up in Toronto, uh, Canada. So still North American made, um, not an import company, which we're super proud of. Um, so it's very similar to that car industry where it's like, we, we rep Technion, other dealers will, will rep Herman Miller, now Miller Knoll. Um, like every industry, there's been a lot of change over the last couple of years with mergers and acquisitions. Um, but I knew I needed to be with a major manufacturer for contracts, for product availability, They're just all the kind of having the full gamut, if you will, of products being available to you. So that was definitely a nudge for me of, you know, if I want to work with MSU or various clients in the community, um, and, and I learned so much from, since I've been there, I learned something new every day, which is great. Um, and it really opened my eyes because of the client base that we have. And, um, you know, you can see it on our website. I, I, I want to be a little bit cautious of names to share just out of respect for our clients. Uh, but we are, we are very, very fortunate to have some of the client base that we have. Uh, we're based in Minnesota, but we do work all over the world. Uh, last year we had projects in London, Scotland, Germany. We're working on a few in Mexico right now. Um, and that's been super fun. I mean, I never thought I'd be on a call about a job in London or now Mexico. Um, we've got some local companies that we work with. Again, out of respect for them, I'm not going to share their names. But uh, simple projects that started with a, a monitor arm at somebody's desk that now we're doing their locations all across the country in 45 different offices throughout the Midwest. Um, you know, it's just, it's been super fun to be able to do that and grow that and be a part of that, you know, and it's, and again, it kind of comes back to where we started with shields and customer service and taking care of people and whether it's a monitor arm or a thousand workstations, I mean, it's, you need to treat people the same, right? You need to, you need to respond, you need to take care of them. Um, and that's really what we, we work on and try to work our best on is just that again, client experience, right? Um, you know, it's, it, it's an interesting world that we live in today with Amazon and two day prime and just how quick we expect everything to be. Um, unfortunately our world doesn't work that way really. Um, you know, we're not Ikea and some that have a massive warehouse full of stuff. Most of what we do is project based client based, um, you know, kind of custom made to order where it goes through a design process. We work with architects and designers every day and clients, um, what's the best solution for them, whether it's aesthetic budget combination of all of those. Um, 
And then we go through that process down to, you know, like this, for instance, the color of the wood, the color of the fabric on the chair, whatever it might be, and then get that to order, bring it in. Um, you know, our, we have a great crew of installers based in Minneapolis. Um, they're fabulous. They work with our local clients uh, for our stuff that's across the nation. We have partners across the nation. We usually send somebody out to make sure we've got, you know, boots on the ground per se to make sure that it's up to our standards. Um but yeah, it's been it's been a great experience, and I'm super grateful. You know, Joel Peterson, our founder and CEO. Um, you know, Aaron has since left the company, and he's doing really well with with what he's doing now. Um, but Joel and I have gotten a lot closer over the years, which has been super fun. And he took you know risk on me and risk on Mankato. Um, I'm super grateful for that. He's invested a lot in me, uh, a lot in our team and our company. Um, we've got some exciting stuff coming up in the next year, which. Um, you know, I, I don't, again, I, not to, not to have a cliffhanger, whatever dangle the carrot, but like, I, I don't want to talk about too much stuff privately, but as a company, I'm really excited about where we're going. Um, and I will just say we're, we're following kind of the path of what ISG has done, um, you know, to really become, you know, employee centric. So, um, you know, really excited for, for what the future has to hold, thankful for, you know, the opportunities that we've had thus far. And, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a great ride. So, um, now I, you know, went from starting main Cato and our team down here. Um, and we've got a great team. Mary Kaus is with us here. She's awesome. She was at Cambria for 10 years. So she's been in that realm for a long time, um, with the local builders and contractors, um, and, and just gets it. And Becca Roberson, who, uh, was Becca Thompson in high school. And, uh, she relocated back to main Cato a few years back with her family, um, and she's now taking on a new role and, and is overseeing a team that's mostly based in Minneapolis, like myself. Um, so yeah, it's been super fun, man. I mean, it's, it's cool to see that growth, but you know, I think most importantly, it's just, it's those relationships and those partnerships. I mean, as you guys know, with business, I mean, that's really what it's all about. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to work with people like Chad and ISG. Um, ben Ellingson has been a huge cheerleader for us with I Bailey. Um, I will say we work with them throughout the country as well just cause he was on this podcast with you guys and I listened to his shout out to Ben. Um, he's, he's been awesome. And it just, you know, again, those guys touched on it too. And it's just, um, you know, you guys talked about the secret sauce to make Cato and, and what is that? And I, I think it's just that it's, you know, we're all here. Yeah. We're a part of the community. Yeah. You know, Chad taught me early on, like you, you, you need to be involved. You need to volunteer, give back, um, and just, and really truly be a part of the community. And, and when you do that, great things happen, you know, and sure. I think, I think that's what we have. That's so special here in Mankato um, that frankly, Joel talks about all the time. That's so different from Minneapolis, right? I mean, it's such a big city, right? You don't have, you don't have that feel. You don't have that vibe of, of what we've got down here um, with GMG, with the business owners. Um, it's a really tight knit community. And I think we take care of each other. No, I think that's, that's huge. What's your current role now? Because you've, you know, done a lot of sales, previous company, current company. Is, yeah. Are you still very much in the sales role? Yeah. You- yeah. So my, uh, I'm, you know, I'm with Ben, man. I'm, I'm not a title guy. My shiny title is L. Yeah. So I'm i I'm the director of sales for iSpace for the furniture um, and architectural products division. So uh, majority of that is focused on on commercial furniture. Um, as a company, that's that's our largest segment of revenue. 
Um, but we also have AV technology, so video conferencing, uh, which has been huge. I mean, pretty much every meeting now is Zoom or Teams. Um, at least somebody's remote. Um, and then we have uh, architectural products, which is, you know, like here we got glass walls. Um, that's the majority of what we do. Glass fronts for offices, stores. Um, we've done quite a bit of that here locally with some great, great companies. Um, and then we have a division that's really, I, it's, it's, it's its own kind of division, but it's really a vertical market, and that's the auto industry. So car dealership ships across the country that we work with. Everything from the front end, you know, sales stations, finance offices to the parts racking rooms in the back, tire carousels. It's kind of crazy what what that team all does. How come that specific niche? So we acquired a company called the Demo Group back in 2019, and that's really majority what they did. Okay. They had some other clients, um, you know, some within healthcare and higher education. But again, I would say 90, 95% of their business was auto. Um, and, and that's been pretty interesting to see just with... You know that I mean, you guys see it too with dealerships, the rebranding, the consistency across, you know, every city that you're in. GMC looks similar, Ford looks similar. They they all have their branding standards. So, um, you know, we we work with dealerships all over the country for that auto segment. Is it um, is that an opportunity that you see in other industries where maybe there's such a, a niche to that particular industry that you want to either acquire an existing company yeah. or develop a division that specifically speaks to that industry? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to give away any uh, trade secrets, for instance, or, you know, uh, if I got any competitors listening to uh, today's give it tonight's away. podcast, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're really, give yeah. It, give it a week. Yeah. Give it sure, a week, yeah. 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 A little red hot chili peppers. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, that certainly is a focus of ours right now. Sure. And it's, and it really kind of, um, it starts with our friends in the architecture and design community. I mean, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the local firms, the firms in Minneapolis, um, they're really specialized, whether they do corporate healthcare, higher education, public sector, that's, I mean, all those client types have similarities. And, you know, I think for, for probably most to, to, you know, relate to it. It's like, okay, if I have, you know, cancer, I'm going to go to an oncologist and, you know, no shame on a family practice, but that's not where they, that's not their expertise. Right. So it's like, we we're really working on that moving forward of here's our verticals and here's our specialists within those verticals, whether it's finance, legal, corporate, healthcare, higher education, public sector, like there's, you know, those are kind of the main ones. Um, that we're really working on building up those teams. We have some folks, you know, that have been with us 28, you know, 20 plus years that uh, have done a little bit of everything, but they typically have some sort of vertical that they're, they're really, really good in and that they do the majority of their work in. So we're really just trying to, you know, continue to build on that um, again to, to kind of, you know, more relate if you will, or, or work hand in hand with what we call the A&D community, architecture design community because that's how they're operating right so how do we do that from what we do how do we help support them um and that's and that's our role we work with designers every day like i said um you know especially interior designers i mean they've got the vision for the space you know you, you you've got the paint on the walls the carpet the, the ceiling all the fine details that come into that and then we come in after that and help accentuate that help complement that right work together with them make sure that the vision that they have for the space is carried through with the furniture because just like this room the room next door like it plays a big part in in the space and what it looks like what it feels like how you experience it um and going back to kind of where i was before about getting people back into the office 
Um, we're, I think we're grateful and, and, and lucky down here in Mankato. Um, we didn't feel like we felt it in Minneapolis, right? Things kind of just kept moving. Um, but Minneapolis and larger metropolitan areas, I mean, I've got friends out in the Bay Area that are like, tech is just struggling. You know, they can't get people back in. So, um, you know, Technion, our main manufacturer, their big thing this year was, is your chair commute worthy? You know, are you willing to drive to commute through Toronto, Minneapolis, wherever it is, large city, to sit in your chair, right? And and what is your space like Like you're coming into work at every day? Um, I think that we've all learned a ton from the crazy pandemic. So glad it's in the rearview mirror. Um, but it, it, it also changed and forced a lot of good, too. We embraced technology like we never had before. We had Skype for business. We didn't embrace it like we could ever should have. It accelerated a lot of change oh, that yeah. was coming, but it, it hadn't quite moved at the pace that it probably should have. We had to adapt. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was like it, kind of the whole concept evolve or die, right? It's like, I mean, I'm super thankful for our, our team, our leadership team especially. I'm, I'm really proud of how we perform and acted through the pandemic. We had to make some hard decisions, right? Unfortunately, had to part ways with some folks. Um, but we hit it head on, right? This is what we're doing. This is what we have to figure out to make the business survive. And every business, I mean, retail, holy cow. I mean, there was so much stuff that happened that we had to pivot. We had to adapt. And it made us stronger because of it. Um, but I think that's one really cool thing of what, of what we do and where we're at today is like, you know, you hear kind of these whatever questions, what's the future office or what's, you know, what are people doing? What's out there? And, um, you know, we're helping clients and assisting clients of creating spaces that they're proud of, that their clients, their, their employees want to come into, um, and, and really helping them through that process, you know, and that's, that's what we love. I mean, it's just, it's really, it's helping people out and how can we help them in their business? Um, similar note, crazy client story. I'm, I don't know if you have one. I don't know if it's with your current employer, previous employer, but I can imagine that when you've had some sort of like office space need, something that came in wrong, install went sideways. I don't know. I'm just curious if there's any kind of, uh, you know, when, whenever you're in the service business, I have my share of stories. I'm just always curious if other people have stories and maybe you're hesitant to share because, <laughs> you know, sometimes they're not yeah. the prettiest. Um, you know, yeah, that's a good question, Wes. Um, I don't know if anything really, really stands out as crazy. Um, you know, I would, I would say probably um, my most memorable trip was with a client group that started with Monitor Arms here in Mankato. And, um, we were fortunate to, to work with them on some smaller stuff. And then I caught wind that they were doing a new facility up in Lakeville and, um, you know, just kind of kept checking in like, Hey, is anything going on? Nope. Nope. But I'm like, I, I know some inside information here. I know something's going on and I just kind of kept with it. And, um, you know, we ended up going through the RFP process, which, you know, everybody in our industry loves the RFP process, right? <laughs> so yeah. uh, some will call it request for partners. Some will say really fucked up process. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? You put a lot of work and effort into that, and, and sometimes you don't get any of it. Sometimes you might get a slice of it. But nonetheless, we were successful. Um, and so we won, we won this project in Lakeville. And as a big part of that, we're like, let's, let's go to Toronto. Let's, let's go up to Technion. Let's go tour the factory. Let's go to the winery. 
Um, and, and let's, let's go learn more together. And so I don't not necessarily crazy in the sense of like, holy cow, they were, you know, batshit crazy. It was more so crazy, like amazing. Like, so we got to go me and, and my design designer at the time, Amy, um, and the clients, we got to go up to Toronto and we met with, with one of the, you know, second in charge of Technion. And he had some amazing stories about how they'd worked on the Apple spaceship project out in Cupertino. And, uh, he was a part of that pursuit and uh, just hearing the ins and outs of the bumps in the roads and, and how they overcame that was incredible. Um, and just, you know, spending time together and just building relationships and getting to know these people on a personal level. And it was like three days of just us hanging out and seeing all the people in the factories building all the stuff that we're going to order in the future. And um, David Felberg, the owner of Technion, has a winery down in uh, Niagara-by-the-Lake, which is kind of dubbed Napa Valley of Canada. So it's, it's um, you know, right on south of Lake Ontario and um, so we, we took this, you know, bus over to, to Niagara on the lake and, um, it's the first lead certified building in Canada, the first lead certified winery in the world. David's big on sustainability and, um, we just had an awesome experience of like tasting wines and, um, you know, we had the winemaker there and just, it was just really cool. It was, um, it was definitely kind of one of those aha moments for me where it was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, we get to spend time with clients and, and build relationships and, and see the people that are actually making the stuff that we're going to be ordering here in a few months for this project. And, um, so yeah, that'd be a, a super highlight, I guess, crazy story, if you will, of, no, that's of good. a, of a fun time. Um, you know, and there's, there's been others too, but that was certainly a highlight and a turning point, I think for, for me in my career, because, you know, I'm I thankfully got to work with people that have had companies much larger than this one. Um, doing volumes much larger than, than I have and kind of teaching me that there's there's more than just what's in Mankato. There's more than just what's in Minnesota. Um, and just kind of focusing on, you know, that type of clientele of, um, you know, really making kind of a bigger impact. Oh, that's good. I like it. Some of my favorite stories early on in the agency is chasing the big fish too. Yeah. So I, I kind of, I'm a fan of that. You know, you start with yeah. something small, develop the relationship, find the opportunities and do everything you can, right? Pull out all the tricks. Well, and, if you don't ask, yeah. right? If you don't exactly. ask, yeah. you don't put feelers out or yep. you don't take that extra step, you don't know, you know? Right. Well, and I it, think it's, I think it's also like you, you got to study and you have to dig in and, um, just, just be a student, right? It's like, you know, who do you, and you got to think about who do you want to work with? And I, I credit Aaron, you know, who was my mentor when I first started with iSpace because he really taught me that where it's like, you know, think about who you want to work with, you know, whether, whether it's an industry or a type of company or whatever, or they have, you know, 5,000 employees or a hundred locations, whatever, like, what is it? Who do you want to work with? And then go for it. Yeah. You know, and it's, I think, I think it's sometimes we get wrapped up in the day-to-day and the here and now and put on fires and all the things, but you, you have to make time for some of that too, where it's like, yeah, you know, who is, who's out there, who else do I really want to work with? Um, and who can I help, you know, change their business and help really kind of amplify their business. Good story. I got one on my list, Danny boy. Yeah. So, um, I was uh, given some information from somebody top secret, <laughs> uh, uh in, informant, you know, Wes and I know people, so you're just going to have uh, to deal with that, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, so a couple stories before we uh, lead towards the end of the podcast tonight. But um, 
supposedly there was during your travels and building the business uh, a really, really terrible uh, hotel that you stayed at in Fargo. Do you want to give any information about one of the worst hotel stay experiences you've ever had? You know, that, that's, I know now I know the informant. She's going to get some shit tomorrow. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, honestly, man, I don't know if that's the worst I've stayed at. I think it's probably the worst she stayed at. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was interesting, man. It, so um, we, we had a trip to Fargo recently, and uh, there's a ton of, like, uh, train, you know, companies up there bnsf or whatever and um yeah and the on the surface we were like oh this isn't so bad and then we got in there and like oh my god like the front lobby was good said person informant and, and then booked the hotel right? yeah so, yeah and then yeah, once yeah. you got up to the floor you're like oh my god like doors were open kind of like dorm rooms like it was it was certainly interesting but I, I, you know, I think part of it too is I'm a dude, you know, I, a woman in that situation. Yeah. I would have been sketched out for sure. Um, but it was in a red roof in, you know, it, it could have been a lot. It wasn't like this place down the road here <laughs> with the shrubs growing into the road. Um, but no, that's funny. Yeah, no, we, we've, um, we've had some hotel stays in our time. Some are better than others, but, um, yeah, that one wasn't horrible for me. I, th- I think I've probably had worse. Okay. Yeah. Well, don't hold back on worse. I I just yeah I don't know the memory. I don't know if I don't know if I go to worse. <laughs> Maybe that was my worst. I don't know. I never really thought of it. I just I've moved on. It sounds kind of fun. The experience that you're yeah. explaining to me sounds kind of fun, but it depends on the age in life. Like right, right now, honestly, that yeah. sounds. I'm going to go to the hotel. Well, it's availability, uh, man. I want, there wasn't like, to stuff sleep available. Comfortable bed. And yeah. I want to like, you know, have the, the quiet time probably with my wife or whatever from traveling. Yeah. Uh, but years ago, sure. The open door policy. Right. Well, yeah. I've come never on experienced in. It's the hotel situation where you walk in and people are like, Hey, come in and party. Have a drink with me or whatever. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun. It just sounds like it was, it was like, like there, there was actually, when we got back from dinner that night, they were turning over a room like room service was there at like fucking 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on here? This is just strange. Somebody died in there. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll never know. We'll never know. Find, about to find out. So here's a story. And, and this might, uh, th- this is um, something I think is really cool. But said informant also shared, uh, and I'm hoping, this is why I wanted to ask, I asked Danny to bring his guitar tonight. Now, whether you have it or whether you don't, or whether you feel like playing a quick song for us, yeah. that's up to you. Yeah. But on one of your work trips, you did close down in Chicago. <laughs> in Chicago. Clo- I, I thought, uh, yeah, I figured clo- this one was coming out. down yeah. the Howl at the Moon. Yep. Yeah, uh, in Chicago during a work trip by singing "Purple Rain" by Prince. Yeah, am I correct on the, this s- is, the song? Yeah, this is true. Um, which is phenomenal. So they had a bunch of stuff going on that night, but you closed down the bar that night singing "Purple Rain" by Prince. Yeah, which as a musician, as a person who appreciates music, who appreciates Prince from Minnesota, all the things that had to have been a fucking sweet highlight for you. Yeah, it was. So um, I will say again because I've mentioned him already. Um, so we were down there with Ben for my Bailey working on their project for here in Mankato. And um, so, you know, for in it, let me back up a little bit. So like the whole Neocon thing that I touched on a little bit and where I met Joel, you know, our founder and CEO, um, it's like the second weekend in June, Sunday through Wednesday, technically. Um, it, it's a huge show, right? And like kind of most people end up at Howl at the Moon, right? Just, I forget what street it's on, but it's 
kind of close to the mart where you guys go for your show too for clothes. And um, so it, it, it kind of has been hit or miss, right? Like during during the show, during other Neocons, I'd gotten up on stage and, you know, I sang, I don't know, Steve Miller Band and maybe Rolling Stones. Um, and um, so we go there that night after, you know, hitting some other establishments and, and they're like, nope. Nope, can't get on stage. That's we we that's a policy. Can't allow that. And we're like, I'm like, what? No, I've I've already done it. <laughs> I've been here before. I've sang on stage. Like, really? And like, yeah, no, we we can't. It's a, a liability. Blah blah blah. And so I, I haven't really asked Ben t- to this day. I don't I don't know how much money he threw at this situation. I think it was a decent amount. I'm assuming it was a decent amount because all of a sudden they allowed it. <laughs> so we went from Great like we pace. got we got the Heisman and we're like nope can't happen liability blah 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 whatever and he's like no you don't understand like this guy's in a band he can sing like and like nope sorry and all of a sudden they're like they called me up there and I'm like okay game on so um yeah I actually uh funny story just did it again this last June same, same, same place. Yeah, same. They, they didn't close it down. It wasn't, it wasn't that time yet. But um, so we're down there with with Ben and um, his his you know office administrator Deb, who's just a saint. She was awesome, and a couple of designers, and um, yeah, it was it was super fun. So yeah, I sang Purple Rain with these guys, and it was kind of later in the night. It was it, at that time and that night in particular. It was pretty quiet. Versus when we're there, it is packed. Like it is like a line out the door usually like you can't get in um this was probably like a tuesday in december <laughs> you know it was it was quiet so i recently saw pictures that i didn't even know existed of like people arm in arm like right in front of the stage and you know ben singing and we're all singing and um yeah it was kind of crazy so uh i was i was feeling it pretty good that night uh, it felt like it did a pretty good job. I don't know if it did Prince justice cause Prince is Prince and he's amazing. Um, and, but yeah, it was kind of crazy. I was, I was done and they're like, okay, we're done for the night. <laughs> like they just, it was kind of like a quote unquote mic drop moment where I was like, really, you guys you're not going to play anymore? Like, no, we're good. <laughs> Can't follow oh, that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was kind of fun, you know, not kind of, it was super fun. Um, and, and we still joke about it to this day. Ben will be on the road somewhere and, you know, he'll take a picture of his radio series or whatever that purple rain pops up yeah. and sends it to me and Deb. And, you know, it's, again, it kind of comes back to that relationship thing. Not kind of, it does. It's like, you know, you had this special moment in Chicago years ago and, you still remember that, right? And yeah. every time now Purple Rain comes on, I think about those guys and they think about me and, um, you know, another beautiful thing of music. It just ties you all together. It, it absolutely does. Before you do that, so do you, do you have your guitar with you tonight? Maybe. Are you interested and willing to play our fans and listeners a song? It can be whatever one you want. Well, I've had, some, I've had some juicy juice and some, uh, some, some bourbon, so probably... Okay, cool. Well, while Wes does the next plug uh, for one of our fantastic sponsors, why don't you go grab your guitar and come back up and we'll end the show. We I guess I guess, get, I guess, we're in. We'll end the Let's Get You podcast with a little yeah. singing from Danny White. So stay tuned. All right. All right, folks. So 
while we're waiting for this beautiful serenading to happen, I want to talk a little bit about my friends over at the Small Business Development Center. Fantastic organization. If you haven't heard me talk about them before, uh, you should probably learn a little bit more because the Small Business Development Center offers free consulting for any business between 100 and, have I said 500 before? I believe it's 500. Yeah, you did say 500. Which I've had a little bit more wine tonight than I probably should have, <laughs> so I'm just double-checking with my F- colleague. 498. Here. Yes, 499 <laughs> uh, folks. And so if, if you're interested in consulting services, it can be anything from marketing, general operations, um, finance. One of the biggest things that the SBDC does for clients is they do a really wonderful job of helping put together Uh, SBA approved loan packages. So if you're looking for financing for a particular business project, um, the SBDC will help put together SBA financing. And it's one of the best ways to make sure that you're guaranteed uh, to get that loan, especially in a tight market like we're in right now when it comes to financing. Uh, Banks love to be able to work with businesses that have that SBA guarantee. So be sure to check out the Small Business Development Center's website. It's myminnesotabusiness.com. Go there, check it out. You can go look at the team section. There's a whole list of different consultants that you can reach out to. Otherwise, there's also uh, a bunch of other resources on there, whether it's the calendar where you can see the different training events. Um, Right now, I know that the Behind the Success series is coming up with a really cool event in September, which is based around Ted Marty of the Marty family, which is the Shell's brewing family out of New Ulm. So if you're interested in hearing about successful entrepreneurs, hearing their story, whether it's multi-generational businesses or startup businesses. There's a lot of really cool things going on at the SBDC, and I highly, highly encourage you to go check out their website, check out what they have to offer. If you're interested in their services, whether you're an existing business or a new business, apply for services right there on the website, and uh, be sure to let them know that you heard about them from the Get Deep podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we wanted to add a little extra flavor to the Get (laughs) Deep podcast tonight. You know, we had um, Casey Christensen uh, not too long ago, do a caricature of Wes and I during a podcast. We thought we got Danny White DW three. Why not? Why not play a song for us? You know, give you guys some uh, some sexy ear music. Um, <laughs> so, if yeah. he's willing, um, we, we will do that in a second, which he is. So it's it's great. But before we do, I know that there was one <clears throat> crucial part of your story that you wanted to talk about a little bit, Dan, which is your father. I think we talked about most of your family yeah. members, but we haven't quite gotten to him. Yes. I mean, I touched on a little bit earlier, um, you know, just with, you know, being in the construction industry and kind of helping with, uh, you know, getting me into kind of the architecture realm and, um, you really big proponent of, you know, as a contractor, he was like, you got to swing a hammer first. Don't be one of those architects that just draws things and has no idea how a building goes together. Um, so yeah, my dad, Greg, he's, you know, big inspiration in my life as well. Um, you know, it, it's just music for, for him as well, or, or part of that um, with my support of music or supported me with music rather, um, you know, being a part of Lancers, um, him and my stepmom, Nancy, were super, super supportive, came to like all the parades and paid for all the things while I was just playing music throughout the summers. Um, he himself played baritone in high school, was, you know, very musically inclined as well. Um, so both, you know, on his side of the family and my mom's side of the family was a big part of, you know, the whole music thing for me. Um, 
so yeah, he's, he's taught me a ton, you know, and I think just the whole kind of swinging the hammer thing, like the amount of tools and shit that he's given me over the years of, um, it's just crazy. The thing, all this, all the tools that I have in my garage because of my dad, it, I'm able to do so many projects around the house, you know, that I wouldn't be able to do otherwise. So, uh, super grateful for that. All that he taught me of, you know, just kind of working with your hands at times and not just, you know, maybe hiring some stuff out, but just kind of figuring out yourself. So, um, yeah, I just want to make sure I touch, touch base on that too. Cause, um, my dad, Greg's been a huge part of my life and my stepmom, Nancy as well. Um, especially on the art side for, for Nancy, she taught me a lot about drawing and arts in general and, um, uh, was, was a huge supporter, you know, when come with me coming to Maine Cato and, um, taking our classes and all that stuff too. So I love those guys and want to make sure that I, you know, touched on that a little bit no, as well. Parents are super important. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for my parents' influence on me. I mean, when yeah. I was growing up, I thought law was the route because of my grandparents. And then I took a, an interest test and I was like, no, 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 business. And I had always had in the back of my mind, you know, my dad was a businessman. I should be a businessman, right? I should yeah. own my own thing, do my own thing. And so yeah. you don't even realize the influence that they're having on you in the moment when you're a kid. And then as you get older, you start to see parts of those experiences come out in you. And it's it's just, it's really cool as you can yeah. see both the pros and the cons sometimes. Yeah, but, for sure. You yeah, know, you learn from it. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm super proud of my dad and, and what he's all, you know, kind of been through and accomplished in life and, um, certainly been a, a strong role model for me as well. So, cool. Yeah. You gonna play us some music? I suppose. Is that what you guys want? Yeah, baby. Why not? Okay. Let's do so it. So, we, we just, uh, <laughs> so y'all didn't see the whole, I was rummaging through my car. That <laughs> <He> was. <laughs> I knew I was gonna play. I knew I was, I was like, oh, I'm gonna bring it just in case, you know. And of course, after some juicy juice and whatnot, um, I had a pick in my pocket. Usually I have a few in my case, but apparently I've gone through them. So, I, you know, don't have a pick, but we'll. F- he we'll was rummaging through his vehicle out there. I stopped out there to see if he was okay, because uh, he was gone for a handful of minutes, and it looked like a drug dealer ram- <laughs> rummaging through a random vehicle yeah. <laughs> in the parking lot. But he didn't find one. But he's got fingers, and he's got nice fingers. So hot Dan is just going to use his <laughs> so fingers. Hot Dan. Oh, hey yo, hey yo. <laughs> so we might just do this off. Uh, I don't know how's that sound to you guys off one mic. <clears throat> yeah it, you know that's actually not a bad idea why don't we do why don't you go ahead and take that as a voice mic i'll point this at the guitar all right i don't know how much voice mic i'll really need but like i said it is loud it carries pretty well we can share a mike jones <sighs> here we go mike jones we're gonna sit over here who's mike jones Woo. all right check check Let's go big boy all right um so does that sound all right to you guys? Sounds beautiful. Okay. Seems maybe a little hot in a sense, but. Well, this is the first time we've ever done this on the Get Deep podcast. Well, so hey, I was, so that was part of it. So it was actually, shout out to Danielle at Radiance. I got my hair did today by her. It looks nice. And uh, yeah, I got a little bit of some business going on in the back here. Party, party in the back. Um, but I was like, yeah, they, they kind of want me to play some guitar. And she's like, well, do it. I'm like, well. I'm like, I'm feeling kind of rusty. You know, it's not like I play every day anymore. And she's like, I, I don't, I doubt anybody else has played guitar on the podcast. They haven't. You're the first. So here we are. So it's kind of, I feel obligated a little bit. And uh, thank you guys again for having me so much. Uh, cheers to you guys. Cheers to, to the Get Deep podcast. Cheers, it's been a fun night, fellas. Appreciate it. Oh, yep. Up. Oh, no. 
So, um, in that spirit, in that vein. So there's there's um, the first. This is the first song I ever learned on guitar, and um, I think it's even more special um, because you know, as Aaron mentioned, uh, this this is a song I played on his father's guitar a while back. So uh, I, ho I hope I can hope I can do it justice here. Yeah. So, so you think you can tell Heaven from hell Blue skies from pain Can you tell a green field From a cold steel rail A smile from a veil do you think you can tell? Did they get you to trade your heroes for ghosts? Hot ashes for trees, hot air for the cool breeze, cold comfort for change. Did you exchange? Walk on part in the wall for a lead role in the cage.
killed it. That a boy. That was beautiful. That was beautiful, Dan. It's been a minute since I played that one. Uh, Wes, you need your mic back. It was a beautiful, beautiful tune, Danny Boy. I always appreciate watching you sing. Um, been watching many shows over the years, less in the most recent future, yeah. um, just with life being busy. Right. As, as you said, less shows than you used to play, too. But yeah. uh, just many days at Pub 500 and many other uh, places watching you and Adrian and the whole crew, you know, play play shows and some of my, my really fun memories that I had, not only with my brother, but just going there and feeling the vibes, man. Yeah. So thank you so much for doing that. Absolutely. Um, thank you for having me. I always appreciate you. Yeah, so. this has been a lot of fun. And uh, Aaron and I have talked about it before, and I think at some point in the future, I don't know if it'll be this year or next year, but at some point we want to do some sort of get deep event and have all the different folks yeah. get back together. That'd be uh, fun. The previous guests, maybe a plus one, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And it would be really fun to have you not only there as a guest, but maybe to play a little bit while you're there too. So yeah. who knows? Might be yeah. in the Let's future. Let's get it out there. Make sure we got the band available. That's yeah. good. So, yeah, yeah it'd be it. fun. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much. I mean, in, in you know, um, for those that are still hanging on and, and listening to this, you know, thank you for listening. Um, you know, I, I just hope, I mean, it's, everybody's got a story, right? And I, you guys are, what you're doing here is pretty awesome. And um, I think what we got here in Mankato is pretty awesome. I mean, the, I'm super honored, you know, the, looking at the cast of characters that have already been through in this room and, um, you know, the stories that they have, the stories that they've shared, um, you know, I was kind of like, well, what, what are you, what are you talking to me for? You know, there's, there's some pretty kick-ass people in this community that have done some amazing things. And, uh, so it's super, you know, it's, it's an honor to, to be here at the table with you boys tonight and, um, just chit-chatting and, and talking about things and getting deep. Getting deep, baby. Getting deep. I'm going to take one more thing before we, we before we leave. We we kind of took up, you know, at the end of a lot of these episodes, you guys, we have the, the final five questions. Or oh, boy. We, we call it the wind down. But we, we uh, I, I think I'm just going to ask you one of them, Danny Boy, because yeah. you, just, you just played guitar and it was beautiful. <laughs> and I want to end with that mainly. But I do want to ask you the, the one, the f- number five that we ask all of our guests, which yeah. is message. You know, like if, if tonight was your last night, man, you've got three kids, a lot of experience in your short life. Um, what would be your final message to those out there? You know, mainly your, your, your kids, but associates and all the people you've come across. Like, what would be what would be Danny's message if tonight was your last night on this floating orb in the sky we call Earth? Thank you. I, I just I just say thank you. I mean, I'd, um, I've been so f- so fortunate, and I think, you know, tonight has really helped with just, you know, there's life happens, and we have our ebbs and flows and ups and downs, and... Um, you know, I just, I'm so thankful for everybody that's been a part of my life and supported me along the way. Um, you know, Alicia, my wife has been incredible. Um, you know, just with taking care of the kiddos so much with my travel and my work and with, you know, the band and, um, you know, she's been amazing. So thank you, babe. Love you. Um, you know, my family, my parents, um, you know, all that I've learned from them and, and my extended, extended family as well. Um, you know, just, yeah, just, it's just, I guess a kind of a sense of gratitude, you know, and I just, I guess I'd want to, I would want everybody to know, um, how much they mean to me. Um, and you know, there's probably plenty out there that I mean mentioned tonight or talked about, but, um, it's incredible the people that we run into and, and how much they, 
they touch our lives, you know, and, and kind of going back to, you know, what Ben talked about and, you know, the thank you, thank you notes and whether that's high school, college, whatever, but like, man, there's been some incredible people that have touched my life and, you know, so many ways and, and so many times throughout my life where it's like, you know, I just want to make sure that they know that I, I really appreciate it and they made a difference, you know? And, um, so yeah, I think, I think it's just that. I just thank you. I love it. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast tonight and for tuning into all the up other episodes. If, uh, if there's some that you haven't checked out, like we talked about multiple previous guests, uh, on the episode tonight with Danny White, check them out too, because they're worth it. And we live in such a beautiful community, uh, such a connected community that is providing a lot of value for many people of all walks of life. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And if you feel so inspired to do so, please give us a five-star rating or to uh, refer to somebody else to listen. Or if you have a guest that you think would be really cool and interesting that has stories to tell, let us know. Let Wes know, let myself know, or submit something um, to us, and we'll sure as heck uh, um, consider that. So any final words, Wesley? Smart man. Thank you, and good night. Bye-bye. Cheers. Woo.